It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now pushing the limits, here's Brian Shapiro. All right, what's up, everybody? Happy Friday. It is Pushing the Limits time. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we appreciate all of you listening on the AM-FM dial on KSHP. You might be watching uh, as well on the Occupy Democrats Network page, where we ask that you uh, click that subscription button. It's only $5, and you're going to get extra content from yours truly and personal interaction with me. And, and come on, folks, that's invaluable. So check it out. $5 to subscribe. We're also on our YouTube page, which is at PTL Radio Show. People keep asking me about my website. Uh, sometimes I forget to give it out. Uh, www.ptlradio.com. And of course, on Twitch, on X, we're everywhere else. And we appreciate you being part of the program. We got a lot to get to today. Coming up here in just a few minutes, we're going to get a live report from David Pollock, David Pollock, uh, podcast. He's live at CPAC. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the Looney Tunes are out at CPOC, so we're going to get a live report from him coming up here in just about 10 minutes. Coming up in hour number two, Real Kid Poker, Daniel Negreanu is going to be joining us. Always like to get into politics with him and everything going on in the world. He happens to be, in my opinion, the best poker player in the world and has been for the last 20 years. Really smart guy, though, and I want to get his thoughts on that. Uh, so many different topics to talk about uh, today, including, that's right, the FBI informant that has been charged with telling lies about President Biden and his son, Hunter Biden. He was rearrested on Thursday. Uh, and this is a guy that obviously has zero credibility. He's gotten his information from the Kremlin, it appears. And we're learning new information about how the Justice Department apparently told Republicans last year about this guy, about that he wasn't credible and they shouldn't publicize what he has said. They warned him. But they still put out misinformation. Oh, yeah. I want you to listen to this exchange because I think Manu Raju is a phenomenal reporter, like a re probably the best reporter CNN has. I think he's a great reporter. And he runs into Jim Jordan and he starts pressing Jim Jordan about this FBI informant that they claimed was this wonderful, credible witness. Have a listen to this exchange about the president's involvement in a bribery scheme now that Alexander Smirnov has proven to have doesn't, made it up and it was based off Russian intelligence. Doesn't change the four fundamental facts. Hunter Biden was on the, put on the board of Burisma, gets paid a million dollars a year. Fact number two, he's not qualified to be on the board. He said so himself in an interview, I don't know, with you or, or some network. Fact number three, Zolotevsky and Pazarsky, the two executives at Burisma, specifically asked Hunter Biden, can you weigh in with D.C. and help us deal with the pressure we are facing from the prosecutor? Fact number four, Joe Biden, then, then he gets called. Hunter Biden calls his dad, according to Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's business partner. Fact number four, Joe Biden then goes to Ukraine three days later and conditions the release of the money. American tax money on the firing of the prosecutor who was applying the pressure to the company that Hunter Biden said on the board but of. You said, you, said, you said the 1023 is the most corroborating piece of information it you have. It corroborates, but it doesn't, it doesn't change those fundamental facts. So now but It's not true. Well, so, okay, so it's, it's the, the FBI told us that this source was so important. Jim Jordan is spinning. Okay, so first of all, Hunter Biden getting a job at Burisma is not a crime. Fact number two, I'll, I'll talk the way Gymnasium Jordan talks. Uh, the fact that in 
most people's estimation, Hunter Biden wasn't qualified for that job is still not breaking the law. It doesn't even prove that Hunter Biden broke the law, let alone Joe Biden. They literally have nothing until you put a law in place that says I can't take advantage of who my family member is in office and get a job. There are no laws put in place that say that Eric Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Donald Trump's daughter receiving $600 million from the Chinese government, Jared Kushner receiving $2.1 billion from the Saudis. And those two people actually worked in Donald Trump's administration. Hunter Biden never worked in Joe Biden's administration. This is blowing up in their face. It really is uh, pathetic. It's sad. Listen to what Ken Buck even had to say when doing an interview live. Listen to this. So James Comer and Jim Jordan, they knew that this was not corroborated information, yet they still went public with it, talked about it on television, used it to fuel these investigations regardless? That's what it appears. Uh, it, I, I certainly didn't have any evidence uh, outside the statement itself that it was credible. And as a prosecutor for 25 years, Caitlin, I never went to the public until I could prove the reliability of, of a statement. And even then, the only, pro, only public statement a prosecutor makes is the charging document. Um, let's see what the evidence is in this impeachment, if there is more evidence, uh, before going forward. No, there is no more evidence, Ken. And you're absolutely right, by the way. It certainly appears that way. The clown show of the House Republicans getting worse and worse. And listen, I love Jessica Tarlov. I think she does a phenomenal job on Fox News. And she's absolutely torching House Republicans live on Fox News. Listen to this. But uh, this is the path that they've chosen to take. And honestly, I'm surprised that they have this high of a threshold for humiliation. Every witness that they have called has decimated their arguments from Devin Archer to Peter Schwerin to Marvin Young. And then we have the guy behind the Holy Grail document, the 1023, Alexander Smirnov, who's found that he had lied, right? about the charges, the $5 million that went to both of them. And then it gets even better. Not only did he lie, he was lying because the Russians were feeding him the disinformation. Mm. It's so embarrassing. I think Jamie Raskin was spot on when he said that this impeachment inquiry really ended yesterday when we found out that we have a Russian asset that was foundational to this impeachment inquiry. And uh, Jim Comer and Jim Jordan should maybe try doing something for their constituents and let this go because it's going nowhere. Yeah, I agree with everything she just said. It's a complete and utter embarrassment. But this is what Gymnasium Jordan and James Comer and so many of these other House Republicans do. They're not lawmakers. They're noisemakers. But what's serious now, and I think an investigation put be, should be put forth into these House Republicans, when exactly did they know that this FBI informant was lying and that this was Russian propaganda? And when did they still do these interviews and convey to the American people that this informant was telling the truth when they knew that this informant was lying. I love Dan Goldman. I think he's Goldman's one of the best as far as Democrats in office that just uses facts to just destroy Republicans. And uh, he recently did an interview uh, discussing this very issue. Have a listen to this. And Chairman Jordan and Chairman Comer have said that this is the best evidence they have of misconduct by President Biden. 
In fact, it is no evidence. It is just simply evidence that the Republicans are willing to be used as assets of Russian intelligence, just like Donald Trump was in 2016 and throughout his presidency when he went to uh, a press conference in Helsinki and chose Vladimir Putin's word over his own intelligence community. That is who we are dealing with. It is now a pervasive disease that has gone through the entire Republican Party. It is a persuasive, pervasive, excuse me, disease. I want you guys to think about this for a moment, and I want you to forget for a moment that these are House Republicans that have done this. What would you say if, for example, I don't know, Ocasio-Cortez, maybe another member of the squad, maybe another outspoken Democrat, maybe a guy like a Fetterman, put out this Russian propaganda misinformation. What do you think Republicans would be saying on Capitol Hill today? I want you to think about that for a moment. And while all this stuff is going on, we have CPAC. And I want to play you a clip of what Jack Posobiec said. And I and Posobiec's done this show before. We've gotten into it. I want you to hear what Jack, and, and maybe Jack Posobiec was lying. I would imagine he probably was. He was being facetious. But here's what Jack Posobiec said at CPAC yesterday when it comes to Republicans and what they're trying to do. Have a listen to this. All right. Welcome. Welcome. I just wanted to say welcome to the end of democracy. <laughs> we are here to overthrow it completely. We didn't get all the way there on January 6th, but we will we, we will endeavor to, for, oh, oh, to get rid of it and replace it with with this right here. We'll replace it with this right, right. here. Amen. Yeah. Amen. 140 officers were injured that day. People died. And Jack Posobiec, I would I would assume that he was joking, thinks it's funny to make jokes about attacking our democracy. I don't understand it, but maybe somebody that can make sense of this. I always appreciate it when he comes on the show and he is live at CPAC right now. And we really do appreciate him coming on. His name is David Pollack from The David Pollack Show and uh, always gracious with his time. David, I do appreciate you joining us live from CPAC. I love it, my friend. How you doing? Live from CPAC, buddy. Yeah, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing good, David. I appreciate you taking the time, as always, yeah. when you joined us on the show. Let me start by asking you this. Uh, I would assume that those Jack Posobiec comments were joking, but do you feel like it was appropriate? I, listen, I I didn't hear him. Uh, I don't know the context of it. I, I, I don't know. I can't defend uh, or speak of those comments in particular. All right. I'm avoid uh, that one. Fair enough. Uh, fair <laughs> enough. No problem. I respect that. Uh, Let's talk about Laura Trump, who obviously spoke yesterday. So she was asked by sure. a member, uh, yeah. members of the media if she felt like President Putin was responsible for this man's death behind bars, this political prisoner. Uh, and she said, I'm sorry, I can't answer that because I don't have enough information. Do you feel like that's yeah. a strong enough stance on what I think all of us would assume that this man was murdered behind bars? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm sure he probably was murdered behind bars. Uh, I, we talked about this on my show the other day. Um, the issue I have with it is I'm not saying people should be upset about it, mm -hmm. but maybe this is time for us to have a discussion about all the people that are killed behind bars. Yeah. I mean, we make it seem as if and look, I'm not defending Putin, but everyone's gonna be like, oh, it's so horrible. This is Russia. Look what Putin did. Somebody died. There. Well, yeah. yeah, sure. But how many Americans die in American jails? And I can think of a couple that I you know, don't even need to mention their names. It's not like America kills people in jail either, right? So let's just be honest about the entire overreach of government and the lack of security that a defendant has when they go to prison for political crimes. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I just think her answer was was complicit and it was it was pathetic. That, that's just my personal opinion. I think we all, like Joe Biden has said, right? 
Why is it that Donald Trump, even in the town hall he did, I I know you don't answer for Donald Trump, but why do you think uh, in the town hall that Donald Trump did with Laura Ingram the other day, he doesn't even mention Putin's name? When it comes to this, this is a man that's trying to be the president of the United States again, the former president. I just find that to be a moment of weakness. What, what are your thoughts on that as a Republican? I, as a re- man, we need to have like an hour long conversation first, identifying the word Republican, because <laughs> I, I can tell you I hit Republicans more than I do Democrats constantly. All my tweets that perform the best is when I'm criticizing Republicans. Mm-hmm. So I'm not defending Republicans or even know it, pretend that I even understand what the hell it means to be a Republican anymore. I think this is a problem in our own party. Um, but that being said, yeah, I don't speak for Trump, but it, there is all I, I tell you this. I know you'll disagree with me on this one. I do think Trump chooses his words sometimes and chooses what to omit uh, for certain effect. Um his lack of mentioning Putin could have a strategic value to it. I mean, there is no secret that we don't need to go into war uh, in with Russia. We don't need to go to war with China. I talked about this the other day, too. I, I, this idea that the United States needs to go and pick fights with all these countries that we call our enemies, but then we turn around and do business with them. We go to space with them. You know, I'm just sick and tired of everybody being our enemy, may, having the industri- military-industrial complex make billions and billions of dollars selling weapons, using weapons, and at the end of the day, they still make money on the back end once people are done dying at the hands of profit. So, I, look, I, I don't know. I don't know why he didn't mention Putin or, or Russia or any of those things. I think it speaks to a bigger issue of us being obsessed with Russia being our adversary and China being our adversary. And when we have real threats, uh, especially with an open border, and we don't know who the hell's coming into this country or what their intentions are. And I think that's what we need yeah. to focus, not some imaginary I, foe in Russia. I, I hear you. I, I can only speak for myself. I can tell you I'm yeah. not obsessed with Vladimir Putin. All I want is a former yeah. president who wants to be president again to do what Joe yeah. Biden did and call him out for being an evil, murderous dictator. That's all. And then but we how, can- I, 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 So listen, to be fair, how, what value, first of all, when Biden calls somebody an evil, murderous dictator, mm-hmm. do you think Putin's like, ooh? <laughs> It didn't really do anything as far as the relationship. I don't concerned. think it. I don't and, think it. I don't think it does anything as far as Vladimir Putin is concerned. I think for the world, it shows yeah. that we are willing to stand up and, and call out what Vladimir Putin is and be honest with the American people and being honest with the world. And for whatever reason, right. Donald Trump has kissed the ring of Vladimir Putin. He's done it before. I don't think he'll he do it again. The ring. It's diplomacy, Brian. It's diplomacy. Look, uh, Trump walked across the border in, in North Korea. Right, first president to ever do that. And what happened when Trump was president? North Korea was not testing ballistic missiles. Taiwan and Japan and all the neighbors uh, felt safer. And so having diplomacy with a nuclear superpower isn't weakness. It's intelligent. Because what are we going to do? Call Putin a murderous dictator and do what? Get in a nuclear war with him? Like, what? what is the value? We're not replacing Putin. We're not going to be able to get rid of Putin. So calling him names and threatening him isn't going to bring well, peace. Joe we Biden, need to do it diplomatically, I don't economically. Think, I don't think it's threats just as much as calling out what is the obvious. I think we can have diplomacy at the same time. We don't have to write evil, murderous dictators love letters and take the word of Kim Jong-un over Otto Warmbier and that whole situation there or take the word of Vladimir Putin over our own CIA and FBI. I I hear what you're saying. There's a way to have diplomacy, but also there's a way to not. Again, I I would characterize it as kissing the wind. We don't need to write love letters to evil, murderous dictators. Do you agree or disagree with Liz Cheney when she said there's a Putin wing of the Republican Party? What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) <laughs> I, I can't i don't know but i can promise you i'll never agree uh with liz cheney um but I, I i don't again i go back to my original point this idea that we're trying to use russia as being this evil sort of power that 
people are going along with secretly this whole Russia, you know, it's collusion with Russia thing. I don't think Americans really care about that. I don't think Americans are buying that anymore. I don't think there's this vast conspiracy among Republicans to be in bed with Putin against American interests. I think they use Russia as a boogeyman. And, I, and I'm sure it serves a political purpose. But at the end of the day, when Russia is still selling energy to all of Europe, you can call Putin a, a murderous dictator. At the end of the day, we're never going to win a war in Ukraine. Billions of taxpayer dollars are going to Ukraine when they could be going to Americans who need the money. When we have homeless Americans and we have infrastructure crumbling here and we have communities that are suffering and we care more about Ukrainian communities. Like all these things and then calling Putin a boogeyman and saying that's the reason we need to send billions of dollars more to Ukraine. I'm just not buying it. I think we need to look at home. I think we have to stop making excuses for our government's failure domestically. And I'm not and that's Republicans and Democrats. I'm just sick of having international boogeyman to make excuses for our failures here at home. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, I I wouldn't characterize him as a boogeyman. I, as I said, I, he's an evil murderous dictator. I'd say like a threat to the world, not just the United States of America. But let's talk a little bit about yeah. CPAC. If you're just joining us, he is David Pollack yeah, from the sure. David Pollack Show. Uh, nice enough to join us live from CPAC. Um, so, David, what do you think the messaging should be? And what do you think the messaging is going to be at CPAC over the next several days? Well, you know, the messaging here is always conservative. Uh, I mean, it's always about rallying the base and, and, and getting the turnout for the upcoming election. So it's going to be consistent with what you would expect at a conservative convention, just like if it was a Democrat convention. It would be the same messaging, just in the opposite perspective. So, you know, you have some renowned speakers coming and that's the program that people people are used to hearing from. And, and it's talking points you've probably heard before. I don't think you're going to get any big announcements or anything groundbreaking. You know, Trump's going to speak tomorrow here uh, before he goes to South Carolina for that primary. Um, you know, Vivek is speaking tonight at the Reagan dinner. So, you know, it's just familiar voices saying familiar things. I don't think there's going to be any other, I don't think anything's going to break out of here other than maybe, maybe some people suspect somebody's going to be a vice president, but who knows? It is interesting though, because Matt Schlapp uh, made, who I don't have much respect for at all. He made some uh, comments yesterday that he's going to take media credentials away if people are not factual. I'm kind of, I'm kind of paraphrasing here. Let's just call it for what it is. Uh, The overwhelming majority of people at CPAC believe that Donald Trump won the 2020 election. Uh, The overwhelming amount of people, you know, over there are not exactly the most factual people. And I'm being kind by saying that. What did you make of Schlapp's comments, what he made yesterday about stripping people's credentials if they're not factually accurate journalists? Meanwhile, he's the guy who still is on the tour that Donald Trump won the 2020 election. What do you make of that? Well, the the context of it and having come to CPAC before and being here now. What ends up happening is people apply for media credentials and then they come and they cause problems. Mm. Um, they try to capture people in, in, in a false light. They're not doing real journalism. And so what they're doing is really just trying to make people look bad. And, you know, this is their event. They are the ones who issued the media credentials and, and they can choose what gets published from here and what doesn't. And if they think an outlet is not perf- uh, reporting honestly, they don't have to have them as media. I respect their decision for that. Uh, listen, I understand that part of it. They can allow anyone in that they want. It's their event. I totally understand that. I'm not yeah. saying they're not allowed to do it. I would never say that. What I am saying is I find it very ironic that Schlapp is all of a sudden worried about members of the media telling the truth when, again, the overwhelming majority of those people that are at CPAC still believe that Donald Trump won the 2020 election. So uh, that I guess that's where my problem, I would call it hypocrisy, uh, you know, to use that type of word. Am I wrong in using that word? 
I love the word hypocrisy. Uh, a common thing I say is that there are three political parties in America. It's not Democrat, Republican, Libertarian. I say there's the Libertarian Party, the Hypocrite Party, and then the Communist Party. All of us are Libertarian and live in America and love it here because mm-hmm. we really want government out of our lives with certain things. Democrats don't want government telling them what they can do with their body, right? Republicans don't want government telling them what they can do with their guns. But Democrat Republicans want to tell the government, have the government tell Democrats they can't have an abortion. And, and, and Republicans want the government to tell Democrats they can't do things, too. So at the end of the day, uh, all of us want freedom from government until we want to use government against people we disagree with. Mm-hmm. And then there are people that just hate America. <laughs> so when you talk about hypocrisy, I think we're all hypocrites to some extent, because when we believe in something, we want to advocate for those positions. But at the end of the day, you know, are we ever really being honest with ourselves about truth or are we looking for the truth we seek? Well, let's talk about truth. from CPAC, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Very profound, David. Um, let's talk a little bit about truth because I think this is a big issue facing uh, House Republicans is this FBI informant who was just arrested again. Yeah. And it seems to be falling apart at the shreds, this idea that it's the Biden crime family. you got Jim Jordan and James Cormer that literally have found literally nothing. They've relied on this FBI informant who's been arrested again, and it appears as though he received information from the oligarchs in Russia. Um, yet they're still pushing forward with this. I don't think this is not only good for Republicans, it's not good for America, and I think it's probably time to move on for Jim Jordan and James Cormer. Again, what would be your advice to them, and do you agree with me that it's falling apart at the seams? (laughs) You know, it's interesting, because I think all they do in Congress is investigate. When Democrats are in power, they investigate. When Republicans are in power, they investigate. Uh, I think where there's smoke, there's usually fire. And, you know, I think the Biden family is not completely innocent with any of this stuff. I mean, I don't think anybody can honestly sit back and say, yeah, Joe Biden probably is an honest guy. And none of the things they're saying about him and the 10 percent for the big guy or the laptop issues or any of the other things that we know, at least there's something true there. We may not get to the whole truth. And maybe some of the sources are turning out to be not credible. But it doesn't take away from the fact that Joe Biden is not this upstanding character. He's been involved in a lot of controversies. His son is a perfect example. I mean, he he has been charged with doing things that are illegal. And Joe Biden has been in that orbit for a very long time. I, I don't know at the end of the day what these investigations will turn up. Uh, I do think we need to start doing things in Congress and not investigate, but come up with solutions that's going to do things that actually benefits America, like close our border, like uh, bring down the cost of prescription drugs. Americans want things that are going to make their lives better and investigations into boogeymen uh, isn't going to do it. Okay, but Let's go back there. Joe Biden did lower sure. the cost of insulin and prescription drugs. If we're talking about the border, why is it that you had MAGA Republicans and Democrats that worked together? It might have not been the perfect bill, but I read through oh, the bill. I God, certainly the worst I, bill. OK, well, then wh- then yeah. what would you say to Langford, uh, who Donald Trump once called really tough on the border and yeah. a great MAGA Republican? I mean, was Donald Trump yeah. lying when he said that? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just don't think we pass a border bill that includes funding for Israel's conflict and Ukraine's. That's not a border. That's not our border. If we're going to pass a border bill, it should include money for our border, not a portion of the well, money it for did. our border. Yeah, it's it, $65, $65 billion for Ukraine. I, I mean, that is not... It, let's take let's take them separate. Congress can't pass a single subject spending bill. We keep having these omnibus CRs mm-hmm. instead of actually carving out what this money should be used for. If we're going to pass a border bill, we need to be passing a border bill that's specifically for the border. We can take up Ukraine separately. But to, to, to tie people our border security to a foreign country's border, I think, is irresponsible. I don't care if you're Democrat or 
Republican, you should not be prioritizing Ukraine's border over the United States. I, I don't care who signed on to that bill. Yeah, I don't know if it's prioritizing. I think we can do both at the same time. I guess that's where I would respectfully but disagree. Why? But why, Brian? Why? Why can't why? we do them separate? Why do they have to be together? Well, I mean, it, it could be done separate. I, I, it could. I wouldn't have a problem with that. But this is the bill that was put forward. Uh, you know, aid for Ukraine. Yeah. And we have help at the border, which I think would, would, would certainly help. I think it's a start. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. You're going to get aid for uh, Ukraine no matter what. Why not accept this bill? And it does address many of the issues that are taking place at the border today. And again, you had Langford and MAGA Republicans that worked with Democrats that put this bill together. And then you have Donald Trump saying, don't sign off on the bill unless it's unless it's perfect, which is an asinine statement. As you know, no bill is absolutely perfect. If Donald Trump picked yeah. up the phone today and called Mike Johnson and said, you know what? I changed my mind. Let's sign this bill. I think it'll help the country. <laughs> Every MAGA Republican would be on board with it. They not do. Not this MAGA Republican. Well, yeah, but uh, you're not, not a law. I understand, David, but you're not a lawmaker. Yeah. I'm talking about the lawmakers in Washington, D.C. If Donald Trump picks up the phone and set, tells Mike Johnson, who's the puppy dog for Donald Trump, and says, you know, I think we should sign this bill, you know that Mike Johnson and the Republicans would do it. But he won't do that. Why? Not because he cares about the country, not because of your reasons, because he doesn't like the money being put forth towards Ukraine. He's doing it because he doesn't want Joe Biden to look good and he wants to wait until he's in office. He's the one who said that he wanted the economy to implode. Donald Trump is the guy that said that. Now, I know you won't hear that at CPAC, yeah. but Donald Trump said he wanted the economy to implode for selfish yeah. reasons. That's not make America first. That's my opinion. I, I don't think Donald Trump wants the economy to implode. I think I, I, I think there's a lot that's going what he on said. right now that's kind of – I don't think he doesn't want the economy to implode. Then why would he say it? I, I don't – what was the context? Why is it always <laughs> – this is where I get frustrated. Because context matters. I don't – I know, Brian, but context matters because you can take a, a – a snippet of something somebody says and make it seem like it's something I hope the economy I hope quote I hope the economy implodes what context do you need that's what he said if he was if he was talking about uh, failed policies and people insisting on putting forth those failed policies and the economy implodes, you would hope it implodes so they learn the freaking lesson and we could do what we need to do economically. There I, is context. I don't think and any sorry farmer... Sorry moving so much, by the way. I, I, I that's okay. Straight. That's totally okay. Uh, I guess where we disagree is, even if you yeah. disagree with Joe Biden's policies, to hope the economy implodes is a horrendous statement to make under any circumstance. If a Democrat makes that statement, I would say the same thing about a Democrat. You can yeah. disagree with policy, but to root for a policy not to work, and in his case, say he wants the economy to implode, I just think that's very irresponsible to make a statement like that, and I think it goes to show you Trump only cares about himself. He doesn't care about this country. He cares about himself, and he proves it every day. Where am I wrong? Yeah, I, You know, it... <laughs> I don't think anything that Trump is going to say or do is going to change your opinion on Trump. I know we've talked about this before. You're not necessarily it would. Uh, sold on. Uh, I disagree. What do you, what do you mean? If Donald Trump what? today said, you know what? I was wrong. I lost the 2020 election. You would I, support him? Uh, I'm not saying I would support him, <laughs> but I would give right. him credit for at least telling the truth. Um, if Donald Trump said, you know what? I was wrong saying that I want the economy to implode. I was wrong. Uh, you know, uh, again. Just own the truth, which is you lost the 2020 election. And a lot of those people, not you, but a lot of those people that are at CPOC today are in a cult. I believe it's a cult. And I don't know if I've ever asked you, but I absolutely believe there are cultists at CPAC today. And, and a lot of the country believes that CPAC is a bunch of people on the far right that are cultists to Donald Trump. A lot of people feel that way. I'm one of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, CPAC isn't actually the most 
uh, it isn't that event more than others. There's other uh, conservative organizations that are probably a little bit more mm-hmm. MAGA focused than CPAC is. CPAC is traditionally a little bit more Washington focused, mm-hmm. con- considering the location of it. Um, so I don't know. I mean, look, people are going to think a lot of things. At the end of the day, there are people here that have philosophies that the left will disagree with. But I think at the end of the day, we all have to decide what the hell it is we want for this country. Um, and if we're ever going to, this is why I love coming on your show. Look, we're, we're not going to agree on certain things. And I right. love how you make, I know you make me answer for people <laughs> <laughs> that come on your show and make excuses for what they say. Right. I do my best to defend people. No, I know. I know you do. And I, I appreciate that, uh, David. I, I just want to know what the, I want to know what these people at CPAC this, are saying. This is important. You know. Uh-oh. I think I think we lost I think we lost you a little bit there, David. Sorry. There you go. You back? Sorry. You you were sounding uh, good, and now you're in a spot that might be a little bit not so good. Are you there? You're in and out, David. Unfortunately, go back to that spot where you just were a minute ago. Uh, I don't know. We lost we lost you a little bit there, David. Are you still with us? David, did we lose David? Okay, we'll try to get we'll try to get David back up because I wanted to ask David, what is the plan and what is the message from the people at CPOC? That's what I wanted to try to ask him because what I'm hearing uh, is the same I always hear from the MAGA Republicans, which is Donald Trump won the 2020 election. Joe Biden has Alzheimer's, right? Uh, they're going to talk about drag queen reading. They're going to talk about transgenders. David, are you there? I think we got you back up. Yeah, the cell signal just popped out. And, That's okay. Uh, Not a problem. Uh, we got you back, my yeah. friend, loud and clear. That was my next question for you. Uh, the messaging from CPAC, you know, uh, solutions to problems facing the country. At least that's what I want to hear. I hear a lot yeah. of criticisms of Joe Biden, that he's too old, that he's in the bunker, that he has Alzheimer's, uh, you know, these types of things. But I want to hear solutions to problems facing the American people. I'm pretty confident you do as well. Yeah, well, of course. We all want solutions. That was the point I was getting at when the, they looked. They didn't want us to agree. They killed the, the Internet right before we were going to find <laughs> some uh, daylight. Between. It's like, no. They're not allowed to agree. <laughs> uh, look, I, I, at the end of the day, I, yes, I am a Republican, barely. Um, but at the end of the day, um, we do want solutions that are going to benefit all Americans. There's policies we'll disagree with, and I'm sure we'll never fully agree on the extent of how we want certain regulations. But we do need to start talking to each other, and we do need to start listening. And um, we certainly need to start prioritizing the things that affects all Americans. I think we could put on the shelf these more controversial issues and focus on the things we can come to agreements on. But I think for political purposes, all of our all of our quote unquote leaders are more focused on the stuff that divides us. And I yeah. think that's the problem. That's, that's the irritation I have on yeah. Washington right now. It's not working for us. I hear you. Them. I hear you. I, I heard a rumor. I don't know if this is true or not. That match slap is part of security patting down all the men that come in there. Is that true? Or I, I don't know. That's a terrible. <laughs> do you think I'm going to answer that? <laughs> terrible joke. Terrible joke. I, I want to ask you this, though. Why do you say you're barely a Republican? Why? Why barely? Um, I, I might have told you this on your show. I don't know. I found myself in the other day sitting in a chair in my living room, a comfortable chair, and I'm sitting around. I started Googling Republican. I started Googling Libertarian. I started Googling Liberal because I'm like, like I looked at the party's platform and I said, damn, am I a Republican? And I had to start figuring out my philosophy and where I fit. And I think when you talk to Republicans right now, it's a, you know, it's almost like with the left with pronouns. 
I think all of us Republicans have pronouns. Some of them are conservative Republicans, constitutional conservative. How many times, how many ways have you heard Republicans describe what kind of Republicans they are, right? There's a million different ways. And I think that's the issue that our party has is that I don't think our party really has an. Well, there's a divide. I agree. There's Reagan. There's Reagan Republicans. uh, And then there's MAGA Republicans. And then there's somewhere in between. Uh, I believe there's less and less MAGA Republicans. That's just my personal opinion. I think there are a lot of Republicans like like yourself. I think there's a lot of Republicans out there that are very frustrated. They're very frustrated with the Jim Jordans and and the uh, Stefanics and those types of the Matt Gates of the world. And I think uh, they're starting to separate themselves. And I don't think that helps Donald Trump. I think it, in the end, it'll help the Republican Party. But I don't think that's helping Donald Trump. And, and, and I believe if Donald Trump does lose this election in November, there's going to be very few MAGA Republicans left. I think it's going to be over. Well, see, I, look, I, I, I get your point. I look at it in a different perspective. I, I, don't, I think there's very few MAGA, quote unquote, Republicans. I think most of MAGA isn't Republican. That's the big divide. The mm. divide is you have this established Republican class that hates Trust me, hates Trump more than you think. Right. And you have the MAGA people, and they're not just Republicans. They're libertarians, they're Democrats, they're disenfranchised voters who may not be politically affiliated. For Trump, what Trump is, he's really, um, gosh, who was it that ran against uh, Hillary Clinton in, in 2016 in the primary? Uh, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Donald yep. Trump, yes, Donald Trump is the Bernie Sanders to a lot of Republicans who are sick of the Republican Party. And, and, and that's really at the, at the core of why you have people that you call cult members. That's at the core of what that cult believes is because for so long, and I say this all the time, this is why I bitch about Republicans. We're on the radio. Uh, okay. Why I complain about Republicans. <laughs> Sorry. I've been to so okay. many podcasts, I forget. You can say that um, word. It's okay. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Uh, why I complain about Republicans because we, we believe certain things. We send Republicans to Washington. They go there and nothing ever changes. We want people to change things we want an agent of change and for us for me who's a trump supporter and a lot of people i talk to who support trump we believe that trump is an agent of change now he might not be the best agent of change i know there's a lot of reasons why people don't like him i get it but he's our best hope for change because if you send somebody like nikki haley to washington dc nothing changes and that's what we want republicans well at least MAGA republicans Want what is Donald Trump? Tired of status what, what, what is Donald Trump going to change for the better for this country? I, I'm I'm bewildered by that. I don't think you need to be bewildered by. It. I mean, think about it. When he ran in 2016, he made a series of promises, right? Yeah, he we're going to build a wall, and Mexico is going to pay for it. He didn't do any of that, right. and we're going to well, hire. He a, did try to build the wall. Sixteen percent. Sixteen percent. Mexico didn't pay for it. He also said he was going to hire a special prosecutor to to go after yeah. Hillary Clinton. He never did that as well. Those are the two main things and, he ran on, and that's probably a good thing, right? That second thing locking her up. The fact that he didn't do that. I've talked to you about this. This is the difference between Biden and Trump. Trump didn't lock her up. They just chanted it. But let me talk about because the there was nothing so there because he would have failed. But let's talk about the other things that Trump said he was going to do. Sure. He sure. He made, Na- he made NATO countries pay their fair share. That was a big deal because the United States was carrying the majority of the water for NATO and it can't fall on United States taxpayers. That's part of America first. I get that. And but but in, I get that. But according to NATO, he, he's persuading. You heard the clip. He's persuading Vladimir Putin to do whatever it takes to go after the, our was, allies. Yes, that's what and he wants Biden to back out. And, and he wants to back out of NATO. Did you hear the other clips, though, when world leaders were saying NATO was stronger when President Trump was in office because it was better funded? So there's two sides to both of that. Biden likes 
And by the way, this whole thing where Biden's going and talking about NATO all of a sudden, Ukraine is not a NATO country. So the fact that he talks about giving Putin a green light to invade a NATO country, Putin hasn't even threatened a NATO country. Ukraine isn't in NATO. The reason why they're making that argument is because, again, they're trying to launder more money over to Ukraine when the United States, the people of America, do not want to give money to Ukraine anymore. We don't. Well, we can we can agree to disagree on on Trump and NATO. But what else? What else is Donald Trump uh, changing in this country for the good? Because I can name you a lot of bad things, but what is he changing for the good? Or what do you think he could change for the good in 2024? I think for starters, I think our – we talk about the boogeyman I talk about with Russia and China. I think our quote-unquote adversaries, and I do that with air quotes because, I, again, I think we, we, we get clever with that term on who our enemies are when we do trade other ways. But um, I think our foreign competitors would respect us more, maybe because they fear him. <laughs> But they respect him more. Like I said, when Trump was president, he pulled out of the disastrous TPP deal. He pulled out of the Iran nuclear deal, which was allowing Iran to produce a nuclear weapon. We were we were taking money out of Iran. We were not funding terrorists as opposed to giving them money and hoping they do something humanitarian with it. Russia wasn't invading Ukraine. China wasn't threatening Taiwan. China's economy was weakening. Russia's economy was weakening because we were producing domestic energy. Those things are good for America. Yeah, I, I would also say, though, that China created a uh, virus called COVID uh, that caused a global pandemic I agree with you on that. under under Donald <laughs> Trump. So you, people can't say that Donald Trump was so, you know, our, our relationship with China and, and he was so tough, uh, you know, when, when let's be honest. And then Kim Jong Un and his evil murders regime murders Otto Warmbier. And then Otto Warmbier comes back, for lack of a better term, basically a vegetable. And then Donald Trump takes Kim Jong Un's side. I know we talked about we can go back and forth on good or bad when it comes to foreign policy. But, uh, you know, uh, I just think we have so much divide in this country right now. I'm not going to blame all of that on Donald Trump. I'm going to blame a lot of it on Donald Trump. He attacks and goes after everybody that disagrees with him, literally everybody. And I just think uh, there's a lot of Republicans out there that are tired of it. They're tired of the divide. They're tired of it. They're tired of the hateful, bigoted rhetoric. Um, And, you know, we can take some things and say, okay, Donald Trump did some good things here. He did some good things there. He didn't ruin the economy. Uh, But with that being said, I think there's a lot of Nikki Haley Republicans out there that will not be voting for Donald Trump in November. And I think that's a big problem for Donald Trump. Well, you know, funny enough, though, Nikki Haley Republicans are really Democrats. And when I say that is Nikki Haley's only winning or even getting any votes in, in primary in open primary places by Democrats. Republicans uh, overwhelmingly are still supporting Donald Trump mm-hmm. in these primaries, whether it's because they like him or they think he's going to win. Um, Trump is not struggling with Republicans. Nikki Haley is staying until Super Tuesday because 10 out of the 12 Super Tuesday states have open primary. I think mm-hmm. there's a name for him, they call yeah. him. Yeah. Um, but, but, it, but essentially, she's relying on Democrats to keep her in this race, hoping that something happens to Donald Trump in some of these cases. Well, listen, David, I know that you're not going to convince me to support Trump and I'm not going to convince you to support. I would try to. And I I wouldn't try to convince you to support Joe Biden. I just wish I could get you on the side of anybody but Trump on the Republican side. Because I (laughs) listen, I love Donald Trump. I can never be anybody but Donald Trump. But we can have a whole show on why it's not it's going to surprise you. It's not because I'm in a cult. Uh, I have very good reasons for supporting Donald Trump, things I've seen and things I've been frustrated with. And you're right. He may not be the Messiah and the Savior. And I talk about this all the time. A lot of people think Trump's going to get in and start and, and fix all of this. But it's a start. And um, there's a lot of good reasons for it. Look, a lot of people are frustrated with the state of the economy, state of the world right now. A lot of people don't feel safe. Even at CPAC, the tone is really sort of somber. It's not jovial like it sometimes is at these rallies. Why do you think that is? Because uh, people are taking these the, 
people are really worried about a lot of things. I mean, Democrats too, Republicans, Democrats. Every yeah. nobody feels good about things right now. Democrats, Republicans are fearing. Well, I'd be somber as well if if Laura Trump, uh, a, a woman who basically funneled money through a a, a a pet charity through Donald Trump and funneled yeah. money to Donald Trump, if she was going to be the next GOP chair, I'd be pretty, pretty somber as well if the faces of my party were noisemakers, not lawmakers like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates. I'd be pretty somber as well if the guy that is the is going to be the front runner for the Republican Party is facing ninety one felony counts as an liable rapist. Uh, I would I would feel pretty somber as well. And listen, I'm not jumping for joy that Joe Biden is the front, you know, is going to be the guy. Right. I, I I don't want Joe Biden to run again. So but but I feel like there's a difference between not wanting a guy to run because he might be a little bit too old. And and maybe a guy over there who is a uh, proven liable sexual abuser who's facing 91 felony counts. I wouldn't be too happy these days if I was a Republican either. I, I mean, I think the mood is somber for different reasons, <laughs> but I mean, it's just, look, people are taking things very, people, you trying to articulate this at the end of the day, we all go to bed with the same sort of fear. Uh, sure. I mean, it's the new cycle. Yep. It's, it's the way the economy may be affecting our families. It's what they see in their communities mm-hmm. people fighting, your families fighting with each other. We do live in very divided times and times that are getting very tense. Yeah. And, you know, you do with war in Ukraine. We have war in the Middle East. These things upset people. And whether they talk about it or not, they're all processing it internally. Sure. And I think that really lends itself to what people no doubt. are feeling. And, no know. doubt. David, I always appreciate you when you take the time to come on the show live from CPAC. If you see Mike Lindell yep. out there, tell him I said his pillows are very lumpy. Him. Tell him I said his pillows are very lumpy. Uh, if you see Matt Schlapp <laughs> out there, tell him to not flirt with any interns. But in all seriousness, uh, I do appreciate yeah. your time, David. I always appreciate it when you do the yeah. show and getting your perspective. And we look forward to having you on again. Have some fun out there at CPAC, okay? We'll talk to you soon, my friend, all right? I'm working on it. All right, Brian, thank all you right. so much for having me again. P- appreciate you, all David. Right, thank care. you so much. That's David Pollack, everybody from the David Pollack uh, radio show. He's out there at CPAC giving us a live report. Listen, we disagree on a lot of things, of course. I, I would never vote for Donald Trump, but um, and he will, he will be. Um, but I think there's a reason why some Republicans are a little somber because their front runner is a liable rapist. They have, they, they what are they running on? They we're, seriously, what is the Republican base of the party going to run on? Now we can talk about foreign policy and all that other stuff, you know, but the bottom line here is Republicans the last several weeks, the last several months, the last several years, the Biden crime family, and it's blown up in their face. This FBI informant was arrested again. Apparently, he's been getting information from the Russian oligarchs. In you know, it's, it's absurd. And all Jim Jordan has, and he says to Manu Raju, is, well, the facts are that you know Hunter Biden was unqualified to take this job. Do you know how many people in this country get jobs that they're unqualified for because of who a family member is? That's not breaking the law. That's all they have. This entire investigation is blowing up in their face, and I want to take your phone calls when we come back. The number to call if you want to be a part of the show, we just heard from David Pollack live from CPAC. Uh, we touched on a number of different subjects, including – How long did Republicans know that this FBI informant was full of crap? The number to call if you want to be a part of the show is 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you'd like to join us, now's the time to do it. We're going to do about 30 minutes of phone calls when we come back. And then we have another guest in hour number two, Real Kid Poker, Danny Negreanu. Talk a little politics with him. Uh, 702-221-7283. 702-221-SAVE is the number to call. Your phone calls when we come back right here on Pushing the Limits. 
Did you know that 99% of air conditioning issues start with airflow issues? Well, guess what? Pioneer Air has your back. They've been operating for 20 years in the industry within the Las Vegas area. Large enough to handle all your air conditioning and heating needs, but small enough to know your first name. Pioneer Air focuses on preventative care, much like wellness checks for humans. They believe in wellness checks for air conditioning and heating systems to extend the life of the system you own. So what are you waiting for? Schedule your wellness check with Pioneer Air today. The number to call is 702-831-4840. Here's the best news. Mention this ad and you'll receive 10% off. Call Pioneer Air today. 702-831-4840. That number again, 702-831-4840. I'm Eva Chase, a candidate for Nevada State Assembly District 16, former Lieutenant Governor candidate, progressive, independent Democrat, U.S. Air Force veteran, college graduate, fully transitioned, transgender woman. I support women's rights and veterans and unions and other progressive ideas. Please donate to my campaign on Spot Fund and follow me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and X. Stay progressive, everybody. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. My name is Hunter Kane, and I'm talking with you for a call to action for our veterans in Clark County. Who is Hunter Kane? Well, I'm a decorated combat veteran, veteran community leader, and candidate for Clark County Commission. You know, no veteran has served on the commission in nearly 30 years, which is why our veteran homelessness, unemployment, and suicide rates are out of control. So here's the call to action. June 11th, vote veteran, vote Kane for Clark County. Let's rally behind someone who's been in the trenches, who knows the sacrifices, and who's committed to making a real difference. Join the campaign by searching Elect Hunter Kane on social media or go to www.electhunterkane.com. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday, and this is the one segment where I will be taking phone calls since we have two guests on the show today. We just had David Pollack on the show reporting from CPOC, a bunch of, I'm sorry, far right-wing nutjobs. David's a great guy, but there's a lot of right-wing idiots that are that go to CPOC and uh, just absolute and utter nonsense that you're going to be, that you heard from Laura Trump yesterday and Jack Posobiec. They're just idiots. They're deplorables. Uh, they want to attack Joe Biden for all their problems, and they literally have no solutions. They want to talk about drag queen reading and uh, how Donald Trump won the 2020 election, and they all bow down to a liable rapist. How do you respect anything that's going on over there? Then you got Matt Schlapp, who's running CPAC, the guy who was accused of, of uh, you know, fondling a, a male intern. That's why I said they, his dream job would probably be patting down all the men and young children that are going to CPAC, uh, male, 
I guess, because that's what he prefers. Number to call 702-221-7283. And again, the number to call 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Now's the time to call in. It's the one segment where we, we will be taking phone calls. And let's start off with Joseph. Joseph is first up on Pushing Limits. Hi, Joseph. Yeah. Hey, Brian. I'm hearing about what you say about CPAC. I'm about as more disgusted about those MAGA Republicans there, even more so than the Alabama Supreme Court about cryo embryos. Yeah, that's isn't that crazy? Isn't that absolutely crazy? And the people that are not going to be able to uh, have kids because of this ruling that the Alabama Supreme Court ruled down. I mean, it's so despicable. Uh, These right wing, these far right Republicans that are actually judges should be ashamed of themselves. They cannot separate church from state. They cannot. They just can't do it. I agree on that one because all the, I think the reason why they're doing it is because they're doing it to send a message to the women and children out there, and even to Taylor Swift herself, that Trump is still coming and there's nothing they can do to stop him or the MAGA Republicans. And I'm about as upset about that one, too. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you something. Every day that goes by, I am worried. But every day that goes by, I feel more confident that Donald Trump is not going to be the president in in November. He's not going to win. Uh, I just think there's too many people. Did you see the crowds at CPAC yesterday? They were terrible. I mean, moments after oh, I saw that too. Moments after that idiot Laura Trump uh, leaves the stage. I mean, there was like nobody there. And this is the same woman, by the way, who had this this animal charity and funneled money to Donald Trump. Uh, she's a, she's a lying thief. And this is these are the types of people that they want running the Republican Party in 2024. It's disgusting. I know. Not to mention. I think the, the reason why Laura Trump wanted to be there because she's just doing it for her daddy, the one who claims that he wants to touch her in the butt, too. <laughs> well, I can't comment on that, but I will say this. Laura Trump is another deplorable, despicable human being, and I do appreciate the call, Joseph. Thank you so much. 702-221-7283 is the number to call. All right, let's go to Patrick. Patrick is next up on Pushing the Limits. Hello, Patrick. Brian, good day, man. It's been a couple of days, man. Uh, thought I'd read to you a tweet from the uh, guy in Alvani that passed away, he, he tweeted back uh, January 2021, if you replace Trump with Nalvani in today's discussion, you will get an 80% accurate Kremlin's answer as to why my name can't be mentioned on Russian TV and I shouldn't be allowed to participate in any election. So it seems like Nalvani thought he was being politically persecuted the same way that Trump was, man, with Pretty wild, huh? Okay, well, uh, Donald Trump has not been murdered, so that's a ridiculous uh, even to bring that up. He was persecuted. Okay, so he brought up political prosecution, uh, but Navani was murdered, and to even equate the two uh, to me is completely absurd. January twenty. I don't. I don't. don't, Listen, you can. Okay, but Patrick, let's be Patrick. You can read Patrick. You can read any tweet you like. The bottom line from Navani. Patrick from Navani. Patrick. You can read any tweet you like. Nalvani was... Oh, you think, it's, you think it's a lie? Patrick, you think it's Russian disinformation? Patrick. It's Russian disinformation. Can I finish my sentence? You can read... Yeah, go for it, man. Thank you. Very kind of you. You can read any oh, tweet. Hilarious. You can read any tweet you like. The bottom line is Donald Trump is alive and well. Not mentally well, but he's alive. Nalvani was not only put in prison for ridiculous reasons... But he was murdered and he was attempted. Aren't you trying to put Trump in prison for ridiculous reasons? uh, Excuse me. I'm not putting anybody in prison for anything. Our justice system would do that. And as I've said time and time again, he's facing he's facing 
Okay, so I don't know what you mean by you guys, but Donald Trump is facing 91 felony counts, judgments of over $500 million. Well, let's talk about Fannie Willis. So maybe you, should ask, maybe you should ask how Donald Trump is doing because he's the guy facing 91 felony counts. And I don't know what you mean by yeah. you guys. Last I checked, Jack Smith was not a Democrat, and he's prosecuted. Oh, he, he went after John Kerry. I know. I know. Tell me that. Okay, actually, it's Evil John. I know you're, right? I know yeah. you're, I know you're, you struggle with facts, but it wasn't John Kerry. It was John Edwards. But I I know you struggle with John facts. Edwards. Yeah, I know you struggle with well, facts. Well, you say sir, it so every okay. time. You say it every time. Well, yeah, show. because I, you can't get it through your MAGA head. That's why I say it every time. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Is, tell me, is Jack Smith a liberal? Is he a Democrat? Was he paid for by George Soros? Answer the question. Jack Smith was sent to the UN and prosecuted and overdid a lot okay, of prosecutions. Okay, so now you're got just gonna so you, so you don't answer the, the question, an right? The, the guy's a right. Crony. The guy's an idiot, but the guy who you support is Donald Trump. You make absolutely no sense, and you're uh, absolutely yeah, you're, 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 uh huh. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Is that all you have to say, Patrick? Hey, Jack I got, Smith, cut him down. The guy who you call an idiot, Jack Smith. Look where his degree is at and look at what he's done in his career. But you call Jack Smith an idiot, yet the guy who you brown knows because Patrick wears the Donald Trump knee pads, the guy who you support, who you've never said one thing negative about on this show, is orange turd Cheeto Jesus Donald Trump, but yet Jack Smith is the idiot. And why would Patrick say something like that? Because Jack Smith is prosecuting Donald Trump, has indicted Donald Trump, and is trying to prosecute Donald Trump and holding Donald Trump to a standard. But Patrick says that Jack Smith is an idiot. But no, the guy that I look up to is Cheeto Jesus. Patrick, do you realize you have no credibility at all? Do you understand when you look in the mirror, you have absolutely zero credibility, Patrick? Zero. Oh, that's that's very critical. Man, you're, you're you're very no. It's honest. It's not critical. It's honest. You have zero in your dialogue. Yeah, I'm no, shallow. No I'm shallow. The guy people. who you support that says grab him by the p word. You're okay with that. The guy who who talks about his daughter and how he would date his daughter if if if, if she wasn't his daughter. The guy who attacks women on looks and calls our brave men and women in uniform suckers and losers. You won't call him shallow, but I'm shallow because I speak the truth because, Patrick, you're a deplorable. I'm sorry you are. Sorry, Patrick. You are. Coming from you, that's a compliment, my man. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad glad you take that as a – I'm glad you take that as a compliment, bird for brains. Have a nice day. You would take that as a compliment, would you? You probably take it as a compliment that you support liable rapists too, wouldn't you? 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Again, 702-221-SAVE. Let's go to Roy. Roy is next up on Pushing the Limits. What's up, Roy? Hey, Brian. How you doing? Doing okay. These these magas always get me going, Roy. They always get me going. I know. I, even your interview with uh, Pollock had my head burning. I thought it was going to explode. <laughs> I, I just don't understand. Let's just put in perspective, what is the Republicans' agenda? Banning books? Mm-hmm. Ro- not allowing drag shows? Yeah, drag I mean, queen on. reading. Yeah, drag they, queen reading. They've, yep. done, they've done nothing. Don't allow gay people to get married. Them. Yeah, we don't want gay people yeah. to get married because that really affects my life. Yeah, I mean, Donald Trump is... is He's not even human. You know, the truth of the matter is he inherited about half a billion dollars from his father. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really hard to screw it up, although he's, he's done his best. I mean, without his father, he would have been down and out a long time ago. Yeah, the fa- his, father, his father, who was arrested at a Klan rally, mm-hmm. by the way. Let's not forget. No, but, I, but, no, yeah, that's, that's but yeah, true. Jack Smith is the idiot, though. Let's discredit Jack Smith. 
Donald Trump, great guy, wonderful guy, wonderful man. Jack Smith is the idiot, according to Patrick. No, the idiot is Patrick, and the uh, rapist is Donald Trump. Let's be very clear on that. Donald Trump is a rapist. He is a sexual abuser. He's never been faithful to one woman in his entire life. He's a snake oil salesman, and he is a despicable human being who wakes up in the morning and puts on his five layers of orange makeup. He might be the most insecure person on the planet. He's more insecure than your average 12-year-old, teenage, teenage, 13-year-old girl. Donald Trump is despicable. The guy who dodged the military multiple times. He's only been in it for himself. And yet these dumbass clowns in this country, some of them, like Patrick, who's obviously very stupid, very ignorant person, still support this criminal clown, this rapist. I, Roy, I just I've had it with these people. I've had I, I know, it. It's, it's, it's incredible. And now they not only need the knee pads, they can buy the sneakers to go along with it. <laughs> yeah, but you're right about that. They can. They can get the whole outfit, Roy. Uh, the yeah. guy who wants to be the next president of the United States is selling you $19 sneakers you can buy online for $400. What if Joe Biden did that? What if Hunter Biden put out a sneaker line? Are you kidding me? This guy is such a snake and such an embarrassment to this country. You know, I would like to see a younger person run. Instead of Joe Biden. As would I. But As would I. He has done a very credible job. He got the infrastructure bill passed. Trump couldn't. He lowered drug prices. The Republicans don't even want that. I mean, imagine they don't want insulin to be capped at $35. Yeah. I mean, there, and just look at the Republican Party. Look at this clown show. Look at these people. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who who can't speak the English properly. I mean, look at all these clowns, Matt Gates, and I mean, I'm tired of hearing about the Biden crime family. Did they remember who the last president was? Uh, here's what I want, Roy. I want God. an investigation into James Comer and Jim Jordan to find out exactly when, because we know that they found out before we did that this informant yeah. was get was a liar, and even worse, getting his information from the Kremlin. I want to know. And I want an investigation that Democrats need to start now because they need to teach these Republicans a lesson. You don't start an investigation that comes up with nothing. They did it with Hillary Clinton eight times into Benghazi. I want an investigation. I want to find out when these House Republicans knew that this informant was intentionally lying and getting information from Russia, Russian propaganda. If they knew about it, which I believe they did months ago, the FBI mm -hmm. warned them about this guy a year ago, then they should be criminally charged. I want an investigation and I want it now. But Republicans subpoenas. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't it funny? Jim Jordan. Yeah, Jim Jordan who is the guy who calls on everyone else to to, to, to uh, show up in a courtroom is the guy who's defied a subpoena for a year and a half now. Meanwhile, you had Hunter Biden who wanted to openly speak in public in a hearing. And the Republican says, oh, no, no, no. Why did they say no? Because they didn't want to so pick and choose what they wanted the, the, to release. Yeah. Gymnasium Jordan, who enabled uh, children kids to yeah. be sexually abused these are the faces of the republican party you have a liable rapist you have a guy in jim jordan who enabled children kids to be raped you have lauren bobert who uh uh commits or i, I should i shouldn't say commit but it, it, sexual acts in a public theater you have marjorie taylor green three-toe marjorie who is dumb as a doornail 
These are the people that are running the party. James Comer, who is a complete fool. I mean, it's really, it's really unbelievable. Um, all right, well, pathetic. And this is yeah. this is the party that wants less government intrusion. Oh, I know. They don't care about guns, but yeah. they care about all of women's health care. Right? I know. I mean, it's. It's I know. Mind-boggling. I hear you. Should I take uh, uh, Roy? Should I take Julie's call today? I'm taking a census. You know what? It's before the weekend. Why ruin your weekend? <laughs> All right, I'll take that under consideration. Thank you, Roy. I hope you have a wonderful weekend, my friend. You uh, too, Brian. Seven, take care. Take care. Seven zero two 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 one seven two eight three. Let's go. All right. You know what? Let's go to Michael. Michael is next up on pushing limits. Seven zero two 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 one seven two eight three. What's up, Michael? Hey, uh, Brian, I, first of all, allow me to apologize for my southern draw because I am from North Carolina. You don't have to apologize, um, but, sir. Just apologize to me if you're supporting Donald Trump. Then you have to apologize. I, no, I don't support okay. Donald Trump, but I want to I want to <laughs> speak as an economist of 35 years. Yes, sir. Okay. So, uh, someone who has actually been in the profession and done the studies. Here's a really simple thing to look at. When you look at authoritarian societies, authoritarian economies, what you see is you see countries like Russia and Hungary and all of the other ones that are governed by authoritarians have about half, closer to a third per capita GDP. That is, the average person in those economies are two-thirds worse off than they are in the United States, which is based on capitalism, mm-hmm. okay? You can look this up through the World Bank, IMF, whatever you want to do, okay? Easy to find. It, it, it takes like 12 seconds of research, okay? Mm-hmm. What Donald Trump wants to do is to silence any critic that comes against him Correct. for his authoritarian ways. Mm-hmm. And authoritarians are always bad for capitalism. Agree. Agree 100%. That, that is. Yep. It's a good point. And, that, you know, that is all you're right. You're right. That is, and, and Donald Trump that is, is that it, it, there's a you have to be a certain type of person to not be able to take any constructive criticism from anybody. Uh, but it's not even that. It, it's it, he, he wants to go after anybody and anything that is not on his side, that doesn't kiss his ring. And then, you know, it's interesting because the people out there that have kissed his ring end up usually going to jail. They become convicted felons. They have to be pardoned or they file for bankruptcy. Look at all these people around him uh, that are now going to be, uh, you know, flipping and testifying against him. You know, Sidney Powell, Mark Meadows, Michael Cohen went to jail. Uh, you know, Roger Stone, all these people that have surrounded themselves around Trump. How far has it gotten them? You know, how far has it gotten them? Well, it's a one-way street as far as loyalty goes, but that is not my point. My point is very simply this. If you want what's best for the American economy, the U.S. economy, you work on how to make capitalism better. Authoritarianism doesn't work that way. It works on... I tend to agree. Um, I understand where you're coming from. Listen, I have no problem for the most part when it comes to capitalism, but I will also say this when a company is making billions and billions of dollars, like a Walmart type company, and they're paying some of their employees eight or $9 an hour. 
I have a problem with that. I'm not sure that we can do anything about it. And then the argument is, well, you can't raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour because it's going to hurt small business. All right, that might be true. But I think we have to have some middle ground there. Here's what I don't want. I don't want Americans having to work two or three jobs to put food on the table. I don't want that. And I absolutely agree. Yeah. I absolutely agree. So let's have middle ground. The 70s. Yeah. I, I, no, one of the problems is uh, since the Reagan era, the Federal Trade Commission and the Department of Justice have been de- defanged in that they are not allowed or they do not have the power to go against right. the big oligopolies right. like you know, like yeah. big agro, big pharma, yeah. and, and other things like that, yeah. which, are, which really, really yes. killed us what during I think, the pandemic. What I think is we need reasonable people like yourself coming together and saying, okay, you're against capitalism, I'm for capitalism, let's meet in the middle somewhere, and let's make sure that the American people, uh, whether you're the CEO of a Fortune 500 company or whether you're somebody, a single mom, you need to be able to put food on the table and you shouldn't be having to work three jobs in order to do so. I appreciate your call, sir. I got to get to some other callers. Great call, though. I appreciate your comments. Okay, you have a good weekend. All right. You too, sir. All right. You take care. Thank you. All right. Well, we had some mixed uh, mixed votes on this one, Numchuck, didn't we? Uh, but I will take this phone call. MAGA supporter Julie is on the line. 702-221-7283. Julie, Half the people say yes, half the people say no, so I'll be nice and I'll take your call today, even though you say very bad things about me. But that's okay, Julie. I, I'm I'm not insecure. I have never say anything. Hi, Brian. I have never say anything bad about you. Oh, really? You I haven't on social that. you haven't in the chat no. at all. Okay. All right, Julie. No, well, it will. You and well, Donald Trump, it, you and it, Donald Trump it, have a lot in common. You both lie, but that's okay. Go ahead, Julie. It's all right. No, I have never lied. Um sure. you are the, the the problem is that you you think a certain way in okay. we always disagree. Right. I, okay. I'm the one who thinks right. di- I'm the one, Julie, have you ever voted for a Democrat? Um no, no. Okay, thank when you. I came, Julie, hold on. Let me, let hold me, on. No, 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 no. I, I don't need background. Let me respond mm-hmm. to that. You said I think a certain way. I voted for eight Republicans in the 2022 midterms. I didn't vote for Barack Obama. I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. Your entire life, you've only voted one way. So if there's anybody in this conversation that only thinks a certain way, it's you. It's not me. I just oh, call it. I don't, just, don't yell. Oh, yeah, I'll do whatever I want to do because it's my show, not yours. You look oh. up You look up to a liable rapist. So don't you <laughs> tell me that I, yeah, I know it's really funny rape to you, isn't it, Julie? Uh, I'm sorry that uh, I call out. Yelling, I'm yelling. sorry that I, no, it's called passion, Julie, but you know, you're the type of person that has a problem with somebody I'm a yelling. Passion, I'm a, what I'm bothers you more, person, Julie? You know, what? Hey, Julie, Julie, what bothers you more? Me yelling at you or somebody that Donald Trump raped? What bothers you more? Answer the question. That's a silly question. No, it's not. Potter down again. I'm going to ask it one more time or I'm done with you. What If it's a silly question, then answer it. What bothers you more? Me yelling at you and going after your ignorance or a man who you support still who was found liable of sexual abuse? I'm asking you for a second time now. What bothers you more? You yelling at me because why we won't you answer the question? Why won't you answer the question? I'm not yelling. I'm, I'm asking not, you I'm, why I'm won't not. you answer the question? Yes, you are yelling. Okay, at so me. I'm okay. So potter down again, Julie. I'm going to speak very slowly, and I'm going to whisper in the microphone. Hey, Julie, it's Brian. What bothers you more? Me yelling at you on the phone. 
or Donald Trump being a liable rapist? Julie, can you please answer my question? I hope I wasn't too loud. Go ahead, Julie. Can you answer? Trump sneakers are not designed, manufactured, distributed, or sold by Donald Trump. again. Julie, can you please answer the question? Yeah, pot me up. Sorry, I'm having trouble with my voice today. Julie, can you please answer the question? What bothers you more? Brian yelling at you on occasion? Or somebody who sexually, somebody who sexually abuses somebody, which was, by the way, Donald Trump was found. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm too loud. Somebody who sexually abuses somebody. Julie, I'm going to pod you back up and I hope I'm not too loud for you. Go ahead. Brian, yes, do you Julie. have kids? Are you married? Are you married? And do you have kids, Brian? What does, what does that have to do with my question, Julie? Okay, let me let me tell you something. Why the won't you answer my you question, a, Julie? The, the I'm asking you, you to, kids, Julie. You will understand me. Understand what a rapist? Right now, so if I had kids, I'd, no, I'd defend a no, rapist. Is rapist. that what you're saying, Julie? Julie, okay, so you're saying it, if I had kids, it, I would defend a rapist? Is that what you're saying, Julie? <laughs> Julie, why won't you answer that question? What bothers oh you God. more? Oh my God! What bothers you more, Julie? Me yelling? Oh my God! Oh my your, God! Your parents, why won't you answer the question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk. Have have a nice day, Julie. I, I think I've had it. I, I I think I've had enough. Should I try it one more time? Should I be quiet when I do it? Okay. I'm trying. Julie, Julie, are you still talking? Is she still talking? Well, you are, Julie, you are I need, Julie, I need you to stop You're talking. Very immature. I'm immature. Ryan. I'm immature. The lady who won't answer whether it bothers her more if somebody's yelling at her or a liable rapist. And Julie says the question is silly, but yet she won't answer it. Julie, Julie, I feel bad for your kids. By the way, Julie, I might have kids. I don't know, Julie. Julie, I think you want to have a child with me. Are you Julio? Oh, Julie, no, Julie, I have I've, kids. I've heard, Julie, I've heard you're Julio on, on social media. Would you like to own up to that? Aren't you Julio that makes Th- comments? That's my husband. Oh, that's well, your husband, husband well, your, well, your husband sounds yes. just about as intelligent as you are. You guys are made for each other. Yes. Yeah, you guys are made yes, for each other. Both of your IQs don't even add up to 20. Have a nice day, Julie. Deplorable Julie calling us. By the way, Julie just told me, I think, that she's supporting Hillary Clinton. That she's going to be donating to the Hillary Clinton campaign if she runs again. Julie, the Democrat. Julie, the big liberal. Julie, thank you for calling in. How many times do I have to ask a MAGA question when they just can't answer it? Holy smokes. All right. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a call. I mean, I'm sorry. We're going to take a break. Um, That's what we're going to do. Um, We're going to exhale, inhale, exhale. And I'll try not to yell at my next guest. Uh, Our next guest God, I love having him on. He's been probably the best, if not one of the best poker players in the world for the last 25, 30 years. Just won a big tournament a couple months ago. He won $3.3 million. And I love talking about everything, not just poker, but we're going to, we're going to tackle everything. We're going to talk a little hockey. We're going to talk a little poker. We're going to talk some politics and maybe some of the people that he doesn't agree with that are also professional poker players online when it comes to a lot of different issues. We're going to get to real kid poker, Daniel Negreanu, when we come back. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this in 90 seconds with Daniel. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSH. Did you know that 99% of air conditioning issues start with airflow issues? Well, guess what? Pioneer Air has your back. They've been operating for 20 years in the industry within the Las Vegas area. Large enough to handle all your air conditioning and heating needs, but small enough to know your first name. Pioneer Air focuses on preventative care, much like wellness checks for humans. They believe in wellness checks for air conditioning and heating systems to extend the life 
of the system you own. So what are you waiting for? Schedule your wellness check with Pioneer Air today. The number to call is 702-831-4840. Here's the best news. Mention this ad and you'll receive 10% off. Call Pioneer Air today. 702-831-4840. That number again, 702-831-4840. I'm Eva Chase, a candidate for Nevada State Assembly District 16, former Lieutenant Governor candidate, progressive, independent Democrat, U.S. Air Force veteran, college graduate, fully transitioned, transgender woman. I support women's rights and veterans and unions and other progressive ideas. Please donate to my campaign on Spot Fund and follow me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and X. Stay progressive, everybody. My name is Hunter Kane, and I'm talking with you for a call to action for our veterans in Clark County. Who is Hunter Kane? Well, I'm a decorated combat veteran, veteran community leader, and candidate for Clark County Commission. Do you know, no veteran has served on the commission in nearly 30 years, which is why our veteran homelessness, unemployment, and suicide rates are out of control. So here's the call to action. June 11th, vote veteran, vote Kane for Clark County. Let's rally behind someone who's been in the trenches, who knows the sacrifices, and who's committed to making a real difference. Join the campaign by searching Elect Hunter Kane on social media or go to www.electhunterkane.com. Some soothing music as we come back to Pushing the Limits on a Friday. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I learned something new today. Julie's husband yells at me on social media. I learned something new today. I didn't know that. Welcome back to the show, everybody. You could be watching on the Occupy Democrats Network. There are 10 million followers. Maybe on the FM AM dial here in Las Vegas, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, the show's growing every day. We have 50,000 views a day. If you want to follow me on YouTube, you can check it out at, at PTL Radio Show. We're everywhere. And uh, appreciate you joining us. I've got a couple pair of tickets to give away to Jersey Boys coming up here in a little bit. But, man, it's been a little while since we had this guy on the show, friend of the show. Uh, one of the best poker players in the world has been for decades. And I like talking to him about everything else, including poker. And that's why he's always been one of my favorite gets. Real Kid Poker himself, Daniel Negreanu, joining us right now. Daniel, always a pleasure, my friend. How you doing? Listen to me. Listen to me. What's worse? What? Just tell me. Let's answer the question. What's worse? Having to talk to me right now or anal rape? What is worse? Answer the, if you can't answer the question, Brian, I'm done with you. Okay? Simple question. You haven't said anything. Daniel, Daniel. Yeah, I mean, this is this is what I have to deal with, Daniel, with some of these MAGAs that call into this show. It's it's really frustrating. And I think you've dealt with uh the same when it, maybe in different areas when it comes to Justin Bonomo. I I don't want to raise your blood pressure, so we don't have to talk about that right now. But hey, let's talk about something pleasant to start, my man. Uh you haven't been on since uh, you won this huge super high roller tournament, $3.3 million. First of all, congratulations. If I haven't already said oh, that, no, that was not, that wasn't the last one. Oh, that wasn't the last one. See, I got my facts wrong. Yeah. Tell me what the last one was. I, I got, I won, I, my, I won the first event of the year. It was not quite 3.3 million. Got you. Okay. I remember what it was, but it was not 3.3 shows you how much I, I, my brain is infiltrated with magas and, and I getting my facts mixed up. How much did you win? I don't remember. What was it? Like 200,000, something like oh, okay. that? Yeah, it was a much smaller term. Still, still a nice chunk of change. I guess my yeah, question is, congratulations. Um, when you win a big tournament like that, 
Do you go out and do you party? Do you go on a shopping spree with your wife? Like, or is it just regular business as usual? The next day is the same as the day before. So I'd like to say, listen, I'm 49 years old now. You know, it's, I didn't do that even before. Like, usually what I would do when I win a tournament is either go to sleep because I'm exhausted because it's very draining. Right. Especially when you're down to just one player, your mind is constantly working that all you really want to do is sleep. And I don't do drugs, so I don't know how I would make it through a night at a club. Um, so no, we don't go on a shopping spree. It doesn't affect our life much. I usually just feel the relief, get some sleep, wake up the next morning and do it all over again. I love that. I love it. You've won quite a few big tournaments. That is for sure. And I know the World Series of Poker uh, just around the corner uh, coming up pretty soon. And you've already kind of announced the, the schedule of the tournaments you plan on playing. And how nice has it been for you? Because I know you've talked a little bit about this, about how you, you probably played a little bit too much poker over the last few years. And you're not playing as much so that you could be you, you, mental health. You could be a little more healthy physically, mentally. How has that worked out for you? Well, so it's funny, like I've been playing this for 30 years and it was like, it took my wife when I was in Bahamas to mention to me, because I was about to jump into a tournament, which is what I would normally do. And I said to her, you know, I don't really feel like playing this one. She goes, you know, Daniel, you've never actually done any good when you didn't feel like playing. And I was like, well, I was trying to prove her wrong. I'm like, well, wait a minute. What about that? What? Oh no. It's literally, so it was like an epiphany light bulb went off. I'm like, you know what? I need to really trust myself. I'm 49 now. I have major FOMO. I hate missing out on an event, but the truth is as you get older, you know, your ability to jump from tournament to tournament on little sleep um, affects your play. So what I'm go- my goal in 2024 is, is to play my A game far more often and a lot less of the D. Because I think last year I played a lot of really great poker, right. you know, when I was fresh and rested. Sure. But there was far too much of that D stuff because I was playing too many hours. Yeah, I, I feel like it's... Um... In regards to poker, there's there's so much poker to watch on social media, so many cash games to watch. I feel like it gets diluted a little bit. Like I remember back in the day when high stakes poker, you you started off on season one with Freddie Deeb and all these guys and, and Doyle, and, and and it was so much fun to watch. Phil, I feel like it, it while while it's still fun to watch, I feel like there's so much now. Do you feel like it, it's getting diluted a little bit? There's so many cash games to watch. There's so many streams everywhere. Yeah, I don't know if diluted is the word I would use. I would say that it's grown so much. And there's so many new ways in which people consume, you know, content like your show or whatever on YouTube. You know, radio is sort of a thing of the past to, to some right. degree. It's like everything is evolving, right? Right, right. And so you look at in the old days, the shows you talked about, high stakes poker, that was appointment television. Everyone knew Sunday night, 7 p.m., you know, we lock in. That's not really how people consume anymore, you know? Right. So now you have all these random streams on YouTube. You have some shows. Um, you know, random videos, people streaming on Twitch and different things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just what, what you're experiencing in terms of, I wouldn't call it necessarily dilution. It's just far more content that yeah. you're not going to consume all of it. So you right. can pick and choose a little bit, which I don't think sure. is a bad thing. Who, I don't think I've ever asked you this. Who's your favorite poker commentator? For me, it's always been Gabe Kaplan because he's funny and he does understand the game very well. Who's your favorite poker commentator? Uh, or do you have a few? Oh, well, yeah, Gabe was obviously legendary. You know, he's no longer doing it anymore. But right. I think the, un, the, I mean, like literally the undisputed by by mountains and leaps and bounds better than everybody else, and I think most people agree, is the combination of Nick Shulman and Ali Najad. Mm. They are great together, have great charisma. Ali Najad could do that. He could do, he could commentate on anything. Right. And like has an extensive vocabulary, very smooth. Nick Shulman is as cool as they get. And he's very good because he's also mm-hmm. one of the top players in the world. Sure. He's incredibly good at looking at situations and saying things like, well, in theory, this is, you know, what I might do. Sure. But who knows what they're doing? So he's mm-hmm. very respectful and very, very sharp. Yeah. And I might be wrong on this, but I think I was like 21 or 22 years old. We're talking like 20 years ago. I think I saw Nick win his first 
big poker tournament. It was the World Poker Tour at Foxwoods. I could be wrong on that. I've been wrong before, as I've proven earlier. But I think I was at that tournament where he won. And I agree with you. Both those guys are are really, really good. Um, I guess we'll talk about hockey last. Let's. I, I just I want to talk to you a little bit about what's going on in the world today. First of all, you went on Twitter. And you talked about this Kansas City Chief shooting, which I did as well, gun control. And, you know, what type of world are we living in, Daniel, where you're from Canada, for those of you that don't know, and, and there's really not a lot of gun violence going on in Canada, where you bring your kids to celebrate the Chief's victory in a parade, and an innocent woman dies, a bunch of kids are shot, and yet you have the governor there who has made it easier for people to have guns, and you see images of him running with his wife. I'd be running as well, but he's made it easier for people there to get their hands on guns, and nothing ever seems to happen. What do you make of this tragedy? And it seems to be happening over and over and over again. Yeah, well, I would be lying if I said I had any optimism about the future. The only thing that I that I tried to take out of that, the positive spin, was the brave man who jumped in front of the shooter and tackled him as he was running off. Like I look at that and I think to myself, you know, in a moment like that, I wish I had the guts to do something like that. As far as gun laws and things, what's really amazing, frankly, is the vast majority of Americans agree on a lot of stuff. We agree on background checks. We agree, agree on, you know, making it, you know, maybe even waiting periods and things like that. So the vast majority of actual people, human beings on both sides agree with this kind of stuff, yet it still doesn't get done because a lot of politicians are funded directly right. by the NRA, which is, Still, even though they're whatever bankrupt or whatever, yeah. they have remnants of power that, uh, you know, affect legislation. Because really, I mean, how do you stand there as a politician and be like, no, we're opposed to background checks? How, why? What, what, what possible logic? What constitutional thing are you looking at? Yeah. I think what people read when they read the Constitution about gun laws is, you know, they forget the, the part where it says, well, regulated right. militia. Mm -hmm. So regulated within that word regulated yeah. means regulate. Mm -hmm. So we already have some regulation in terms of weapons that are, you know, available and not available. So, you know, that isn't unconstitutional when we come up with things to regulate something that's clearly, clearly a problem. And it's not video games, guys. It's not mental health because guess what? The rest of the world, they also play video games. And guess what? The rest of the world also has mental health issues. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, now we are obviously both anti Donald Trump for obvious reasons, but I think we also both agree that we'd like to see somebody younger in office. Uh, Joe Biden's a bit too old. I don't think I've ever asked you this before. Is there any, are there any Democrats out there that you are a fan of that you say, boy, I wish Joe Biden would step aside and I wish this guy would run for president or this woman I'll, would run? I'll be honest with you. So like I would want somebody that's going to win. Right. So that's first and foremost, most important right. to me, whether or not you agree with everything they do, I think. when, And I think when you watched, if you saw Gavin Newsom was on Bill Maher and in about an 11 minute clip, he was so fantastic. And Bill Maher even said, can you teach Joe Biden to do that? Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, because he's just so well spoken and understands the issues. And of course, people are going to point to California and the problems there. You know, he's very eloquent and very good at. Um, and I and listen, I mean, in the world we live in now, Holly, Hollywood rock star looks matters to people. I yeah. don't think it should. But that's the reality of it. Like, if you look historically at U.S. presidents, you know what you don't find? You don't find any under six feet. Apparently, it doesn't matter to Trump supporters, though, because I don't think Donald Trump looks like a movie star these days. That's for sure. Oh, he's got he's got a he's <laughs> he has an appeal. He has a charisma. Sure. He sure. Has an entertainment, you know, sort of vibe. He's a bigger man. Yeah. You know, like I said, yep. there has never been a short president. And you know, true. True. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you there. Are there any. So. So Gavin Newsom obviously would be one of them for you. Uh, Jared Polis. Okay. Third polls in Colorado. 
Gotcha. Uh, any uh, anybody on the right that you would say, you know what, decent human being, don't always agree with their policies, but I would vote for you. Anybody on the on the right that you you would support? I don't know about support necessarily, but I think that like here's the thing: for the betterment of the world, I think we would be better off as a nation if it was Nikki Haley running mm-hmm. versus you know Gavin Newsom, agree. Or something like that. agree, you know, a little bit younger. I do think it is kind of crazy that when you think about it, think of Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was the president 25 years ago. Yep. He's younger than both these candidates. Yeah, that's a good point. I agree. But here's years But Daniel, here's the thing that I just can't grasp. Like Nikki Haley, you mentioned her. Obviously an educated woman, a woman with experience. Uh, I don't agree with her on a lot of issues. The way she answered that civil rights uh, or civil war question was absurd. She didn't even mention slavery. But with that being said, you have Donald Trump that goes after her husband last week. He's deployed overseas and despicable. And and Nikki Haley was right to be upset. He has uh, Trump has a history of going after our brave women in uniform, John McCain. They're suckers and losers. But here's what drives me nuts, Daniel. She's still going to support him. If you don't want to support Joe Biden, that's fine. But she's going to endorse Donald Trump to me that you lose all credibility when you do that. Well, I mean, that's what's broken with politics, right? In the United States, you have two choices. That's it. So you either support somebody that's cl- more closely aligned with your values or your views, even when you despise them because there's so limited options. Personally, and I, this is a more complex answer, but I think the best way to run a country is to have five parties. Hmm. And then you have to create coalitions. So on every issue, what you essentially do is you drown out both extremes. Hmm. They don't really get a say. It's the middle that makes the rules. You know, that is in- that interesting. Yeah, I, I, that, I haven't heard that before. That is interesting. I mean, what do you make of the fact that you have these House Republicans, as I call them, noisemakers, not lawmakers, you know, the James Comers, the, the Jim Jordans of the world. And this this FBI informant not only lied, but he got information from the Kremlin and yet you still have Jim Jordan yesterday saying, well, we st- the facts are still the facts. You know, Hunter Biden still worked for Burisma and he, he wasn't qualified, which, by the way, isn't against the law. Um, what do you make of the fact that Republicans still are not putting this to bed? Listen, it's all a game designed to do exactly what it does, which is rile us up. This is this is theater, guys. It's just all theater. All these little things, they need to create narratives and whether or not things are true doesn't really matter. And, you know, in fairness, this has happened on both sides. This is what they do. You know, you villainize and you, you make the other side as evil as possible. You pick it and Nick pick at things. When there's any sort of opening, you saw Hillary Clinton stood for 11 hours just being grilled on Benghazi, answered every question, you know, essentially crushed that hearing. And then it didn't really matter to them. Right. The fact is, you know, they got her, but they didn't get her on anything. So right. That's just the world we live in now where politics is, is a lot about those moments that you can shine and stand out that go viral and make a name for yourself. Everything's related to power. I don't believe that a, a large majority of politicians actually think, let's make this country better. I Agree. think the vast majority think I want more power. Tend to agree with you. You know, you're someone that that grew up in Canada. You came to this country uh, many years ago. What do you make of the border? What do you make of uh, uh, what some would uh, characterize it as a uh, a crisis? Uh, I would say it probably is a crisis as well. Uh, and then you have Democrats and Republicans that work together. They try to put this bill in place. And then the MAGA Republicans say, nope, it, it, it's done. We're not going to pass it. What do you make of the issues at the border and what can be done? Well, so I, I actually think immigration might be the hot topic. Uh, issue come come election time. I think that is going to be the one, especially with what we're seeing. I watched the 60 Minutes piece where, you know, in t- pe- they're literally just people just walking past the fence, just walking right in, you know, freely. And 
that's scary to a lot of people. And for good reason, if you don't know who these people are, what their intentions are, and eventually, ultimately just skipping the line and breaking any sort of sense of rules that we have. Yeah. As far as the Republicans, they lose a lot of credibility when they look at a bill that could do something to help. And, you know, like it doesn't. But then, of course, you have I think both sides have like easily debated holes in their philosophies on this. Like, you know, $10,000 credit cards. When you see in New York, right. you know, people that, you know, came in illegally, staying in a hotel, getting three meals yeah. a day right. in a hotel with maid service. Right. When the people of New York, some homeless people and poor people that actually right. live there, they're like, what Agreed. the hell? Why That's can't extreme. we at least get... Why yeah. can't we at least get what these people are getting? So when you look at that, yeah. that's really dangerous for the Democratic Party because a lot of that Agree. base that's doing that are Democrats. Agree with you. I think that's very fair. You know, we can talk about the uh, the undocumented immigrants that attacked police officers in New York City. The fact that they were released from prison the next day, uh, not deported at a minimum, is disgusting. So there is some criticism to go around on the left as well. There's no question about that. What do you make of this story of the Alabama Supreme Court saying that frozen embryos are, quote, children and then quoting the Bible? This, to me, this is very dangerous. What do you make of this? Well, it's very bizarre. And it's like, so then I, I saw one woman where she argued that she was in the, um, she was in the, in the, in the lane where you need to have a passenger, yeah. you know, the two person lane. And so it was in a state like Texas or whatever. And then, you know, she got pulled over or whatever. And she's like, I'm carrying, like, how do you decide that this is not a human when you say it's a human because it's in me and now it's not. So right. I think it's a very bizarre angle to take to sort of, again, listen, I think ultimately like science is not so clear on like, when is a life an actual life, you know, right, that can individually right. sustain itself or whatever. But like the idea of, you know, sort of stopping this process, which is a process that a lot of families use to carry their own children. You know, like my wife and I were considering freezing eggs and, you know, having a surrogate because she's probably not healthy enough to carry. Mm. And, you know, that sort of thinking, you know, would preclude people from having families in those situations. And I think yeah. that's really stupid. That's, that's really what's so dangerous about this whole thing. It, it, it couples like your, like yourself and, and your lovely wife, it could affect, you know, having, ha having a child. I mean, it just, it, it's so mesmerizing to me. You, you did mention, and you're right. Uh, you know, a big issue is immigration. I think abortion is a big issue as well. And it's a losing issue for Republicans. Cause I saw a stat that about six and a half to seven out of 10 Americans, Republican and Democrat believe in a woman's right to choose. It doesn't, what frustrates me though, Daniel is when Republicans say Democrats want to take all your guns away and Democrats are jumping for joy when a woman has woman has an abortion. I, I don't think Democrats are doing that. We just want to give a woman the right to choose. And then Republicans make it like it's some sort of celebration. That's what frustrates me. You know, me. Brian, you, you said earlier, you know, you wondered why Nikki Haley is supporting Donald Trump. And the thing I think people need to realize, whether you like Joe Biden or not, and if you're a Democrat, right, what should matter to you is the Supreme Court, right? right? And the Supreme Court is loaded now with conservatives, yep. right? So like, whether you like Biden or not, and if he's the nominee, think long term about the effects that's going to have on you, which is interesting. There's like sort of a, you know, Trump is doing much better with younger people, mm -hmm. like generation, whatever this is, Z or something like that, who somehow think that he would do a much better job in the, you know, in the, in, in, in the, in the debacle that's happening, in, you know, in Gaza. And so like they're, they're abandoning all, you know, their, their feminist views, abortion views to maybe potentially support him and like not see the forest through the trees. It's very strange to me, um, you know, how they've gotten to this place. But I think ultimately people don't 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 focus enough on what really matters in terms right. of like which group represents your core values. Forget about right. the individual who's right. running. Which group is closer aligned with you because they're going to be the ones that 
you know, puts Supreme Court seats in. And, but, uh, and I agree with you, but this is the argument I make for the far right, the evangelical right, uh, the Christians out there who, who talk about God all the time, and then they support Donald Trump. I mean, is there a, a bigger sinner in the world? I mean, well, I mean, again, Brian, this is as simple as this, right? I don't decide what your priorities are. Like, what's the most important issue to you? Right? Sure, I'm not sure. a woman. I, you know, I support women's choice. It's probably not my number one issue, but it's up there, right? Sure. If you genuinely believed, and you're a Christian, if you genuinely believed in your heart, and you saw it as the murder of babies, the murder of children, and that was your number one priority, mm-hmm. if that was the case, then you would smell your, you know, you'd plug your nose and you'd vote for the Republican. Right. So, so those, there are those types of people that sort of exist where sure. that is their number one sure. you know, thing. So I think a lot of times that's the rationale for why you make the choice that you do in those yeah. regards. Yeah, I guess so. What do you make of Robert F. Kennedy Jr., by the way? I don't think I've ever asked you about him. I've interviewed him a couple times. I, I, I spoke with him last month. Um, I think he's a conspiracy theorist. I think his advertisement during the Super Bowl was an embarrassment, and that's why so many members of his family are actually endorsing Joe Biden. What do you make of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and his run for president? Well, first of all, he's come out and said that wasn't him that did that. It was a super PAC that did that. Yeah, but he didn't really apologize, though. He didn't. He didn't. His apology was, well, I'm sorry if it offended any of my family members, but I had no problem with the ad. And I'm thinking to myself, you're not your uncle. You're not your father. And I, I wanted to hear a real apology. And if he said that, listen, I'm nothing. I'm, I'm not my dad. I'm not my uncle. I'm my own person. And I'm sorry. But he didn't. It was like a half-hearted apology. And that's yeah. why I was really I disappointed. Also think, too, sometimes labeling someone a conspiracy theorist sort of can just dismiss them as people when a lot of times conspiracy theories are actually true or they, or they, you know, come out to be true. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. I'm not saying that all of the things that he says, I agree with or whatever like that, but I do think he's an interesting character. I I certainly believe that he should have every right to run. And I think there should have been a primary. Mm -hmm. I do think the system is absolutely rigged when guys, you know, whether there's like, they're not, there's no even challenge here. There's no even opportunity for the people to decide who they want their nominee to be. It's already Trump and Biden. There's really no option to, you know, other option for people. I do find it interesting, though, that uh, speaking of which, Donald Trump wasn't on a debate stage for any of these Republican primary debates, yet now he wants to be on a debate stage against Joe Biden. And I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a second. It it shouldn't be about, if it's an obligation, which I agree it should be, it shouldn't be about you. And his defense was, well, I don't need to be there because I'm destroying all the Republicans. But now all of a sudden he wants to be on a debate stage with Joe Biden. What do you think about that? Well, let me ask you this. Let's say take your, you know, your own personal views aside and you, sure. were, you were advising Donald Trump, right? Mm-hmm. Say, listen, you say this, you say, Trump, you don't need to debate these people. You'll just elevate them and they'll all attack you. So yeah. don't even bother because you're going to be the nominee anyway, right? I don't okay. disagree. Now, yeah. Well, hold on. Now, you know what, though? If you can get Biden heads up in a debate situation, yeah. we can sort of expose him like that. This is a benefit. So from a strategic perspective, it's all a game, like I said, right? If I was an advisor, again, forget about my personal views on the situation. Sure. I would have advised Trump, skip those debates, debate Biden. So that's just, frankly, whoever's advising there, that's just logical. Don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with that premise. But the point is, Donald Trump is now saying, well, you have an obligation to the American people to be up on a debate stage. He can't say that because he wasn't there the last six months. <laughs> say whatever they want. You yeah. remember when it came to the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. Obama had a full year, a full year left in his term. And every Republican was saying, oh, no, 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 you know, you can't not in an election year, let the people decide who the Supreme Court. He was trying to get Merrick Garland into the Supreme yeah. Court, right? A full year ahead of time, right? Now, Trump has the lame duck se- season, which is like two months. And they're like, right. oh, no, no, he's, he's got to put one in or whatever. It's right. like you play the clip from four years ago, you play the clip to now. That's, this is politics. People yeah. always say things. You're right. That are in their 
but I think Donald Trump with Donald, it's it's like times twenty. But I I agree with you. If yeah, you just, yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's 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 good at this craziness, yeah. and it's like he gets away with it because he's got so many different quote unquote scandals. You forget. Like I promise you, you go up to somebody and be like, why don't you like Donald Trump? But, but, where do you, because people don't like, it's like, there's been so many things throughout right, the years, right. grab, grab her by the pussy, you know, like there's so many laundry list of things. You can't pinpoint it with Obama. He wore a tan suit criminal, right? Yep. He also had great Poupon on a hot dog. Okay. <laughs> so we got that on him, you yep. know, and he said, oh, you could keep your doctor. That's literally it with Trump. Where do you even start? And yeah. I think what that does is it creates fatigue. You yeah. Know? And you just yeah. sort of accept the guys like, eh, whatever. Trump is going to Trump. With, with that said, two-part question, who do you think Donald Trump picks as his vice president, number one? Second part, do you think Donald Trump or do you think Joe Biden makes it to November and it absolutely is going to be Joe Biden who is going to be running for reelection? Two-part question. I don't know. I think you've seen, I think there has been evident mental decline on both their parts. Trump, as well, sure. you know, calling uh, Nick Haley Pelosi. Right. You know, Biden's had his gaffes, which he's always had because he's always sort of right. had that stutter. But they're sort of exemplified now. Um, as far as who Trump will pick, I think, obviously, from the get go, it was most blatantly obvious positioning for VP. And that was Vivek. Right. Vivek literally was, right. you know, bowing to Trump from the get go. And I'm wondering. So the only thing about Trump where I think he would may have some aversion to having Vivek is sharing the spotlight in the stage because Vivek had, you know, demands, you know, he's well yeah. spoken at least at the very least he has some great, sure. crazy ideas. But I think that like that could also potentially be a move towards winning some of the middle, if you will. Like he's already could got, be. like you said, a Christian vote. Like there are no conservative Christians that are yeah. going to vote for Biden. They're just going to vote for Trump. So, so the question is like, if you wanted to win, who would help in that regard? And I think he, he probably would go some, some with somebody like Vivek. Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, he did this show a few months back, and, and I don't believe anything he says, but he said he had no interest in being Donald Trump's vice president. But uh, like I said, I take that with a grain of salt. All right, Daniel, let's let's talk about something a little bit more lighthearted. Your passion. Uh, I grew up with hockey as well. You being from Canada, being a, growing up a huge Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Your Toronto Maple Leafs were in town yesterday. And I texted you earlier in the day. I said, boy, Toronto's been really hot. They're going to win this hockey game. And they didn't just win it. They thumped. They thumped the Vegas Golden Knights. Obviously, the Knights injury plagued. Uh, Mark Stone rumor he could be out the entire year. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, the fourth line of the Vegas Golden Knights yesterday was pretty much the Silver Knights. Uh, and the Toronto Maple Leafs are, you know, they're, you can make the argument they're as good as maybe any other team in the league right now. Um, I have questions about their goaltending, but... What are your thoughts? First of all, let's start with the game yesterday. The Toronto Maple Leafs just putting a thumping to the Golden Knights, arguably for the Knights, their most embarrassing period of the year. Yeah, I don't know. I, I predicted before the game started a 5-2 Leafs win. It ended up being 7-3, you know, 4 nothing after the first. And I think, like, I was really surprised to see the line. I know some people bet Vegas. So you got to be nuts. To bet yeah. Vegas in this one. And part of the reason is, you know, the day before, they played in Arizona. You know, the Leafs did. But, you know, they're hot. And Matthews has been on fire. He's yeah. scoring a goal game. Um, and like you, you, you sort of touched on it, but like Stone being out, Eichel being out, right. or just coming back, mm -hmm. right? You've also, you're missing some other sort of ancillary players like Carrier, even Dorofayev. Like right. there's not a lot of depth. When you're missing Stone and Eichel and yeah. again, Theodore not being at a, quite up to game speed just yet, that's not the team. You know what I mean? Now, if this Stone thing is out, we're going to deal with it all over again like we have in the past. Oh, Vegas is cheating. They're putting Stone on and they're going to bring Crosby and Gensel you know, at the deadline, <laughs> they're going to use LTAR, which, you know, if he is out for the year, you know, this team will do it. 
Like they are going to do it. Oh, they, they would. Can. Sure. And sure. I would say that, um, again, their chances going forward, I th- it feels like with the injuries right now, they're going to sort of be forced to kind of limp into the playoffs, but it's almost already predetermined that they're going to play Edmonton unless like some crazy things yeah. happen, which is not necessarily a great matchup for them. But I think what that does too, is it allows them in the regular season to be like, all right, these, these games don't matter as much. Let's not get hurt. Let's like, you know, let's, let's play at a 70% clip and then, you know, ramp it up for the week to go for the playoffs and do it all over. Cause it's tough. Like people don't understand how much more difficult it is for the teams that make the final. Oh, sure. Come back next year. Florida's, on a very difficult yeah very difficult not typically see that like you know Tampa Bay did it a few years in a row but yeah you're right it's significant we had no injuries in the playoffs last year mm -hmm. and that's catching up a little bit it's not like the NBA or the NFL especially the NBA I think it's a lot easier to go back to back and get to the finals in the NBA than certainly it is the NHL and there's a lot of different reasons for that different sports talk about Matthews I mean this is a kid who uh, we're watching greatness and uh, scored a goal yesterday how many hat tricks does he have now I mean it's insane and uh, do you think he has the opportunity to break Wayne Gretzky's record? Yeah. So everyone's talking about Ovechkin doing it. You know, Ovechkin's yeah. picked it up, scored like eight goals in his last eight games. I think he needs like 58 or something. Yeah. So it seems like Ovechkin's on track. But then you look at Matthews and Matthews is on target to go like 60 and 60. You know, he may score 70. I, again, it's hard to say because his yeah. players age. You don't know how they're going to hold up. But I mean, he's on track for it. And then, you know, depending on how the league trends, which right now it's trending very offense heavy. Like you see scores are up, you know, yeah. it's not as difficult. Like there's not as much neutral zone jamming and things like that. So the, the possibility is there. And again, it comes down to like, is he going to be able to play on a team that, uh, you know, can, can help get him the puck and, and seems like Toronto's a viable market. A lot of people want to play there. And again, he could move too. I mean, he still has that option. Yeah, no question. I, I think your Toronto Maple Leafs certainly, uh, have an opportunity to do something special this year. I don't want to jinx it for you, but uh, it, oh, they, I, I mean, you can't expect them to actually. They finally won a playoff series, and right? Lack they won the Stanley Cup, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, I have I have questions about their goaltending, but uh, top to bottom, very good hockey team. And I think right now, where you see where Toronto's at compared to where Vegas is at, I, I like Toronto's chances a lot more than I like Vegas's chances, uh, mainly due to injuries. But we will have to wait and see what happens. Daniel, it is always a pleasure having you on this show. I love mixing it up with you and talking about a whole bunch of different topics. And uh, I know the Occupy Democrats people love you as well. So I appreciate you. I look forward to having you on again soon. And we'll see you at an upcoming Vegas Golden Knights game, my friend. You have a great weekend. All right, you too. Have a good one. Thanks, Daniel. That's Real Kid Poker, everybody. One of my favorite guests on this show. Really smart guy. Uh, Obviously, I grew up with him watching poker, right? But as I've gotten a chance to get to know him a little bit, because, man, he's been doing my show for years. Um, Really smart guy. And, yeah, he leans to the left like I do. But very pragmatic guy. And I can talk to him about anything. And uh, that's what I love about having a real kid poker, Danny DeGrano, on the show. Always appreciate his time. Great guy. Um, I want to take care of my listeners before I get to another topic, which is an interesting one. And it involves fan interaction with athletes and when you cross the line. Before I do that, I promised I'm going to give two sets of tickets away right now. You have to be here in Las Vegas, right? Two sets of tickets away to Jersey Boys. Now, if you haven't seen Jersey Boys before, I've teamed up with the show. It's at the Orleans Arena. It is a wonderful show, and the tickets are not always cheap. So I'm giving away two pair of tickets right now if you call into the show. First couple callers right now. Number 702-221-7283. you got to be here in Vegas. 702 or close. 702-221-7283. 
If you call into the show right now, I'm going to give a couple lucky listeners a pair of tickets to give away. All we need is your name and number, and we'll have uh, the people running the show to uh, take care of you. Right now, 702-221-7283. First couple of callers right now are going to win a pair of tickets to see Jersey Boys. Okay, so here's a topic that I wanted to discuss with you because it's controversial. And by the way, you don't have to be a sports fan to appreciate this conversation and talk about it. So if you don't know who Kevin Durant is, he's one of the best players in the NBA. He has been for years now. He's a great player. At times, he's been called a little bit sensitive to what people say on social media and fans, for example. So they're playing a game yesterday. And this is about 30 to 45 minutes before the game where the players get up, uh, go onto the court for the layup line. And they warm up a little bit, right? There are two fans in the stands yesterday. There's a male and a female couple. The female calls him a bitch, for lack of a better term. Now, I don't condone that type of language at all. And you hear it in the video that's all over social media. So Kevin Durant is striding with his team. He's getting ready to go on the layup line. He stops in his tracks. He turns around. And he starts interacting with those two fans. And it's a good 30-second, 45-second conversation. And they're having a conversation. And then as Kevin Durant runs away, security comes over to those two fans. And they're about to escort those two fans out. And then Kevin Durant comes back and says he doesn't want them kicked out. So I have a lot of strong opinions on this. And to be honest with you, most of my criticism is going to be to Kevin Durant, not the fans. Now, fans shouldn't be allowed to say whatever they want at games. We've all gone to a sporting event or a comedy show where maybe we've sat next to somebody that was drunk or unruly and kind of ruined it for everybody. Um, But the bottom line here. You shouldn't be allowed to threaten somebody. You shouldn't be allowed to swear at somebody, right? You shouldn't be allowed to say vulgar things. Calling somebody a bitch is not something that I endorse. It's not something that I would ever do. And I wouldn't want anybody around me, my friends going to a game doing it. But I don't think it rises to the level of you need to be kicked out. It certainly doesn't rise to the level of a player confronting you on it. So if a fan swears threaten somebody, talks about somebody's family, they should be banned for good from that arena. I have no problem with that. But what Luka Doncic did the other day made him look really bad. It made him look soft. Kevin Durant, same deal. First of all, Kevin Durant wants to look like the good guy for telling security not to throw up these fans. Kevin Durant should not have engaged to begin with, and we wouldn't even be talking about this. There's a word when you're an NBA basketball player. It's called the professional. You're a professional basketball player. If somebody says you suck or you're a bitch or whatever around those lines, you're supposed to ignore it and don't pay attention to it. Kevin Durant did the opposite of that. That's wrong. That makes you way too sensitive and soft. There is a line that fans should never cross. While I don't condone that sort of language, Kevin Durant was wrong. And to me, it's the softness of professional athletes today. You know, Paul McKeskey is a good friend of mine. He played in the NBA for 12 years. He comes in studio every week. He was here yesterday. I mean, he tells me some of the awful, vulgar things that were said to him when he was in Boston uh, playing at the Boston Garden against the Celtics. But what did he do? He ignored it because he's a professional. And I think Kevin Durant shows his immaturity time and time again 
when he does these sorts of things. There is a line that you should never cross. Now, I'll give you another example of what I am talking about. Russell Westbrook, really good NBA career, making a lot of money, had a great college career. So Russell Westbrook has been struggling shooting the basketball over the last several years. So some fans have given him a nickname, and they've used his name as Westbrook, and they call him Westbrick. I kind of find that funny. And Russell Westbrook has wanted fans kicked out for saying that. They should not be kicked out for saying that. In fact, if you pay for a ticket, you should be allowed to say that. So there are uh, situations where fans are absolutely way out of line and they're wrong. But there's also situations where the fans really have the right. And these athletes should not be bickering and complaining and crying. If I was sitting courtside at a basketball game and Russell Westbrook or West Brick was playing my Boston Celtics and I wasn't a member of the media and I'm just uh, someone courtside watching the game, I would bring a sign with me that said Russell Westbrook and I would make him look at it every time down the floor if it bothers him that much. I just think um, I'm on the side of athletes when, when it's when it goes too far, but this is getting a little bit out of hand and these professional professional basketball players need to stop. I think it's completely ridiculous and it's wrong. Um, would I condone anybody calling an athlete a bitch? No, I wouldn't. I absolutely would not. Um, but at the same time, a professional means a professional. And I don't believe, I don't believe Kevin Durant was being professional yesterday in that game. And, and I think he deserves some criticism for doing so. It comes a point, a time and a point. You know, it's kind of like when you're at the free throw line. And you're down one point with five seconds to go. What are we going to get to that point where if a fan calls you a bitch, Kevin Durant's going to walk off the free throw line and complain to the official? I mean, come on, just stop it. Stop it. It's getting a little ridiculous and it's getting out of hand. Um, I want to give out some information uh, to the show because it's growing by the day. And I appreciate all of you without all of the listeners out there uh, that are involved in this show. It wouldn't have the success it has. So I love all of you and I appreciate all of you, even my MAGA supporters. Um, and I'm whispering for Julie, but this is for all of you. Um, what I'm going to be doing starting Monday, Julie, I'm talking to you. What I'm going to be doing starting Monday. If you subscribe to my YouTube page, which is at PTL radio show, I'm going to be doing overtime of PTL every day exclusively on my YouTube page. How do you watch it? Subscribe to my YouTube page for free at PTL radio show where I put extra content up on there and there will be overtime uh, that I'll be doing starting on Monday where we'll do a, an extra five, 10 minutes of the show. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube page. You could also go on my uh, X page, formerly known as Twitter at PTL radio show. I'm also on TikTok. And I also ask you guys to go on my uh, website. If you're interested in advertising or you just want to be more involved in the show, check out my website. It's a really good website. It's fairly new. It's ptlradio.com. Again, that website is ptlradio.com where you can be interactive and we have some extra clips up there. And um, I think that... Um, uh, you know, it's easier to interact with me on some of these also other social media platforms. Of course, the Occupy Democrats network page where it's a cup of coffee, an extra five bucks a month to subscribe and you get extra interaction with me. You even get a, a private chat with me for only subscribers where you can talk to me anytime on there. Uh, suggestions for the show, constructive criticism. I'm up for, see, I'm not. Donald Trump. I could, I could accept some constructive criticism. Doesn't mean I'm always going to agree with you, but, uh, click on that subscribe button on Occupy Democrats and uh, you get to be a part of that as well. I, I believe we have a caller who wanted to chime in on my Kevin Durant 
uh, little rant that I went into, so I will gladly do that. Even though I didn't open up the phone lines, I'll do that. Uh, Joey, Joey wants to share his opinion on this. What's up, Joey? Hey, Brian, you're my man. I'm going to just tell you that right off the bat. <laughs> so uh, 99% of the things you and I, uh, 99% of the stuff you and I agree on. Um, this one, I just had to, I just had to speak up because I, it, I agree. Maybe he was a little unprofessional and he broke, you know, composure, but there are times when people just are, they, their human side have to come out. I agree. The, press, the, the pressure is on. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's times, like I said, I'm, Look, I'm an African-American man. I've been in the military 35 years, and I think about what my stepfather, who was a Vietnam veteran, went through when he came back. And when people are doing what they think is right, and somebody just calls them out right. when they're just trying to do what they're supposed to do. So, Joey, I hear you. Let me, let me say throws, this. It just throws them I, off. And I, and I don't think he meant to do it. Like I said, even yeah. if he came back and was like, look, I don't want to throw him out, but I just had to... He just had to stop and say, I understand. So, Joey, on. to be, I understand what you're saying. I don't necessarily Thank disagree you. with you. Let, let me, let me Thank start you. off by saying this. Okay. The couple, and I put that in quotations, that, uh, the woman that called Kevin Durant a bitch, they look yeah. like MAGA trailer trash. Let me be very clear on that. Okay. They look like, oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I have no doubt. Yeah. They look like, <laughs> they look like deplorable trailer trash. Okay. Let me be very clear. I would never right. condone that type of language. In fact, I would probably turn around and say, why don't you shut the F up, you know, because it's inappropriate. However, I think we both can be right, right? The fans were wrong, were, were being stupid and disrespectful. Kevin Durant should not have engaged with those fans because that, that will make more fans engage, and that's bad. Right. Um, I understand there's a human element, but there's a time and a place to do it. Go on social media after the game and say, hey, I had a couple unruly fans that did this. Uh, you know, show me some respect. Uh, there's a time and a place to, to bubble. But to actually be a foot or two away from those two fans and to engage them, only bad things can come about that. You know what I'm saying? I just thought it was a bad look. That's all. If that makes and, sense. And, 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 I, and, I, and I agree on that. I just, I just, I just, uh, hello? Yeah, I'm still hearing you. Go ahead. Oh, okay. And I just want to say, like I said, there are times when people just lose it and they lose their composure. Sure. When they're under the pressure. They're, I mean, the pressure. I do it on this money, show every day. Everybody. I do this. I and, do this and, and, every day. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's why I, I know. And, but my point is, like I said, there's times when you're just so silent so many times that yeah. when you feel like, you know what? I need to let these people know that yeah. that's not okay. I understand. Joey, I understand. And, and, I, I get what you're he saying. Had a, he, had a, he had a moment. He yep. had a platform. I get it. And he took it. I don't think yeah. Kevin Durant's a bad guy, uh, you know, no, but but no. I think he I think he, the way he handled it wasn't right. But, Joey, I think t we both can be right in this situation, and I think we both are. Joey, I appreciate the call, my friend. You have a great weekend, okay? Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Love Joey. You, Thank you. You too. Take care. Love you too. Um, all right, everybody, that's a wrap, man. Remind, for those of you that are watching right now, you're listening on KSHP, you're, you're watching on social media, subscribe to my YouTube page, at PTL Radio Show, at PTL Radio Show, and I will be doing kind of like a Bill Maher uh, extra time after the show, um, overtime, for lack of a better term, starting on Monday. So subscribe to my YouTube page, it's free. Subscribe to the Occupy Democrats page, it's only five bucks a month. Congratulations to Alfred and John, who both want a pair of tickets 
uh, to go see Jersey Boys. I try to take care of my listeners on the show. Thank you to Danny Negreanu, Real Kid Poker, uh, for joining us. Really appreciate uh, him coming on the show. And, of course, Dave joining us as well, live from CPAC. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. <laughs>